everybody and welcome to Retromania, a retrospective pro wrestling podcast where we romanticize, fantasize, watch and review your favorite or not so favorite storylines, matches, events, feuds of your sports entertainment fandom. And we are the hosting squad for life. One sweet, two sweet, three sweet, four sweet. Yeah, this honey is too sweet. Bear claw. <laughs> Bareback. <laughs> uh, we need to make that. Uh, we are the hosting squad. I am Kobe Nida, one half of the hosting squad. As always, I am joined by Jimmy Price. Yes, indeed. And you can join us bi weekly for our first season, aptly titled The Origin of Attitude. And this is our road, and this is our 11th episode right now. Yeah. Um, going on the origin of attitude and actually the wwe has ripped us off yeah clearly yeah they put out a dvd october 3rd called the dawn of attitude 1997 come on guys what the fuck come on wow and here's what it says it says the year was 1997 Hmm. bill clinton was president of the united states pop groups like the backstreet boys and spice girls were dominating the music a little little uh, nod to pop culture uh actually backstreet boys and spice girls were not dominating as we've gone over yeah as we know it's bad boy for life yeah yeah uh, and WWE was experiencing an era of great transformation. It was the birth of attitude, and WWE was pushing the limits of entertainment like never before. For the first time ever, Shawn Michaels, Mick Foley, Ron Simmons, The Godfather, and Kane sit down together with host Renee Young to share their behind the scenes experiences during those unforgettable years in the WWE history. Witness the rise of Stone. Cold Steve Austin, the birth of Degeneration X, the summer of Heart Foundation, and how the Attitude Era was created with one pivotal year in WWE history. Welcome to 1997, Dawn of the Attitude. That's interesting. That's interesting, guys. That's okay. <laughs> you got a nice little panel. You got a nice little panel with HBK and Foley. But I feel like three discs. They three discs. They're really going to have egg on their face, though, uh, once we get our exclusive interview with Carlos from Los Periquas. Exactly. Yeah. And we get the recap of the Los Periquas in season two. Exactly. Ha yeah. They missed a pivotal point. Thank you. Yeah, so this is it, man. This is the origin of Attitude, and I swear to God, didn't know anything about Dawn of Attitude. Didn't Neither know, did I. You know, yeah. Yeah. Give Ooh. us a call next time. Yeah. Give us a call. We're here. <laughs> well, uh, you can always find us on Facebook at Retromania with a W. You can always talk to us at Retromania Podcast at gmail.com. And you can always hit Jimmy up on the Twitter at Jimmy underscore price. Yes, indeed. And nonetheless, notwithstanding, we are here. We are here. We're back. Yeah. 
episode yeah. 11. And what's been going on the last couple episodes, uh, Jimmy? Lead us into where we are right now. All right, so we are uh, off the heels of uh, Bad Blood, uh, pay-per-view uh, that sort of had a dark cloud over it in the form of uh, the passing of Brian Pillman, but uh, ended up producing uh, one of the greatest matches of all time uh, in uh, Shawn Michaels versus The Undertaker. Oh, yeah. Um, these two have been at each other's throats uh, for, for most of the fall and even going back into the summer, uh, going back to SummerSlam where he cost Taker, uh, Michaels cost Taker the title. Um, so this was the, the big blow off for that feud. So we have them parting ways. Michaels winning the match after Kane debuts and takes out Undertaker. So they're splitting paths. Michaels is now the number one contender. And we're finally going to get the rematch 18 months in the making from WrestleMania 12. Hart, uh, Bret Hart versus Shawn Michaels is going to happen at Survivor Series. Uh, and Kane, uh, is, Kane has arrived. It's, it's gotta be Kane. It's gotta be Kane. It's got, gotta be Kane. Uh, so Kane and, uh, is is on the scene now, and Undertaker's gonna have to reckon with that. Uh, meanwhile, Stone Cold Steve Austin is cleared. He is signed. Some very, bear, bear. very, very good timing there. Uh, he's, uh, he's cleared for action. Uh, he's gonna have his rematch with Owen Hart for the Intercontinental title, no less. And uh, Vince... Never know with Vince. He's, he's yeah. uh, kind of taking taking more of a step back uh, from the commentary and more of a step forward in terms of being an on screen authority figure and uh, character. A little bit of character, this guy. Yeah, he's got a contract waiting for Stone Cold. Yeah. Uh, does Stone Cold sign it in return? Yeah. To wrestle, and um, he's also making a lot of comments and remarks. He's breaking this um, this fourth wall. We used to know. Vince McMahon as the commentator, but in recent episodes, a lot of uh, different wrestlers have called Vince McMahon out on being the owner. Yeah. You know, we get more of this acknowledgement. Yep. And we get stuff like airing the, the footage from the curtain call, which is mm-hmm. unheard of. Yeah. yeah. It's awesome. Uh, it's almost, in a way though, it's like WCW did it first. Like everything that they're doing right now is um, kind of a replay of what's going on with WCW because at the time Sting is the hot uh, baby face coming mm-hmm. up against the the big dirty faction yeah uh, the NWO and Eric Bischoff is the owner the evil owner yeah so uh, kind of mirroring themselves a little almost. bit but it's it, it's going to come down to who can do it better yeah exactly who can pull it off better week by week and that's what we do that's what we cover here and you can find all our other episodes at moholeradio.com. Yes, indeed. Right. We have another edition right here. That's it. This is going to be covering episode 229, episode 230, and episode 231 of Raw is War and Warzone. Yes. Yeah, this is the road leading up to Survivor Series. Road to Montreal. Mm-hmm. It's hot. It's hot. And before we get into that, the year 97, what's been going on with us? We've kind of been, uh, we, yeah, we kind of been busy ourselves in the year 2017. Yeah. 2017. It's, uh, it's a crazy, it's been a crazy year for, for both of us. Uh, now, so we, we're, we're behind the timeline. Uh, November has been crazy. Obviously Montreal day on the ninth, uh, came and went, uh, but we appreciate you guys, uh, sticking with us as we are picking right back up. 
uh, with where we left off. Uh, you know, personally, I've uh, had a lot going on with with work. We've had uh, some travel. You and I uh, both have had some travel. I've gone down to Florida. You did a road trip to uh, I went to Maine. To Maine, yeah, yep. which is awesome place to go this time of year yeah we i i I, we had said on the podcast i was going to california we had a change of uh, plans the girl friend and i um we kind of figured we would rather do a road trip yeah um, do sightsee up the east coast we've never been up the east coast like that Uh, i was born in orlando so of course i've been up and down that way but um yeah it was nice it was a wonderful trip uh the foliage was out the temperature was like uh high 60s nice it was awesome man. yeah yeah it sounds yeah. sounds beautiful seagull stole some clam strips from me spilt a beer on me i got i got uh, screwed don't get me started on seagulls. it was the it was the main screw drop yeah <laughs> seriously yeah seagulls are, are awful i hate birds in general but seagulls especially uh I, I once I was uh, and my friends know of my my fear and hatred for birds. One time on a road trip to a Ring of Honor show, uh, we were walking away from a from a rest area I think uh, after I got to get in some food, and there was like this this big flock of seagulls, not the band, okay, but yeah. an actual flock of seagulls. And uh, my good friend James Burbert, uh, love the guy, uh, took to throwing uh, some chips that he had at my feet. Uh, and I was chased by seagulls and I ran for my life and, wow. uh, yeah, not, not proud of it, but yeah, I, seagulls are the goddamn worst. Wow. Not yeah. a fan of birds either. Not, not a bird guy. Okay. Anything, yeah. uh, anything happened to you when you were younger? I, not really. I don't think so. I can't, I can't pinpoint it. I, pinpoint it. I just, I, they have the advantage of flight and I resent that. So, okay. And I'm, I'm definitely taking it. You've never seen uh, impact anthem with the owl. No, yeah, and, yeah I, I, I owl, avoided yeah. specifically for that reason because okay, the owls figured, are not what they seem. I figured. Okay. Uh, so your trip was uh, how was that? It was good. Uh, it was a work trip down to uh, Fort Lauderdale. Um, not not I'm not a beach person, but uh, it was cool to cool to get away for a few days there. Um, and uh, came back up here. I'll be uh, going to Indiana later this month the last week of the month after the holiday uh not a lot going on in indiana yeah from what i can tell but we'll see i don't know how close i have to see how close i am to fort wayne uh because i know they run a lot of wrestling shows in fort wayne indiana um but uh yeah so that's it's been a hectic it's been a hectic month for both of us uh so we're uh but we're glad to be back picking back up uh right where we left off and uh, um, we're trying to pick back up where we left off. Definitely, I had a cold. I was out for a couple of weeks, so we couldn't perform then. Um, and I still got a little bit of a remnants of it. Yeah, I can hear it. I but, can um, hear it, a little gravel. It, it's been killing me for, for over a month now. Um, horrible. I, I've yeah. never gotten sick like this in a long time. Um, but here I am. I'm here. We're here, and we want to thank all Retromania. the We want to thank all the retromaniacs out there. Exactly, Matt, Gabrielle. We see you on on the Facebook page. Uh, anybody else uh, ever wants to send us a message? You can reach us through there. Questions, comments, stuff you want us to hit. Uh, people you want us to hit. Yeah, um, we'll hit somebody. We'll, we'll commit assault for you. No, <laughs> we will not commit assault. 
Uh, for a price. For the record. We're Everybody has PayPal. a price. Yeah. Everybody has a price. We have a price. I'm, I'm, the, I'm the, the resident price. The I'm the resident price ad. here. Right. Yeah. <laughs> a Jimmy price. You uh, need a, a signature laugh now. <laughs> All right. I think I'm going to chop that in and make a theme. <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping you would say chop that out, but notwithstanding, <laughs> notwithstanding, let's, let's get down to the action. Yeah, let's do it. It's October 1997 and the week of let's do the time of the movies and the music. Yes. Yes. The movies that come out October 10th, Boogie Nights. You ever seen that? I've not seen Boogie Nights. It's criminal that I have not seen it because I've heard it's really good. And I, and I really like that was... um. Who Mark directed? Wahlberg. Who directed that though? It's uh, a really good director. Shit, I'm not look, good with that. Right off the tip of my tongue, he did uh, movie the podcast. Yeah, help hit, us, hit, hit us up. Anyway, great director, um, Paul Thomas Anderson. Yeah. yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, big fan of his. But yeah, I need to see Boogie Nights. Yeah, it's a great flick. Um, October seventeenth, Gummo. You ever well, seen that? I'm sorry, what? Gummo? <laughs> Never heard of it. <laughs> okay, it's like a uh, it's like a rendition of Kids for 1997. If you ever seen Kids, I'm familiar with that. Yeah, adolescents, you know, s- uh, not antisocial behaviors and drug abuse. And, okay, you know, I'm into it. Um, okay, and then Devil's Advocate, classic. Yeah. Keanu Reeves, yeah, Al Pacino. She got a great ass. <laughs> Yes. And then, last but not least, October 17th, 1997. I know what you did last summer. Ooh. What happened last summer with Sean and Bader? Okay, yeah. Yeah. We know what you did, Sean. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then, in the music, it's... From October 11th until the end of December, we'll never talk about music again on this podcast because... For this season, at least. Who's taking over? Elton John with Candle in the Wind. Still. Yeah. It, you know, it's that winter sentiment. You know, you yeah. gotta, you're in the, in that, everybody in 97, like, they lost Diana because they felt connected. Yeah. Um, this was like one of the big, you know, like, like Marilyn Monroe type deals. Yeah. So it this, takes, takes a while to process that. And it's, uh, it's a good song. It fit, fit the mood. So, um, yeah, that's a, yeah. Taking over the charts, not looking back. Uh, two years later, we would have the uh, fall of Smooth by Carlos Santana featuring Rob Thomas. 1999. Who, who held the held the charts for the last two months of 99 and into 2000. Uh, just a side note there. And I promise you guys we will never cover WCW during those times, Oof. at least like week by week. I mean, we may cover like one event if somebody's on it for the guest episode. But uh, yeah. Yeah. Maybe WWF during that time. Those were dark days for, yeah, for WCW. That just brought that up. Yeah. Because I remember smooth during that time as well. And <laughs> WCW was not smooth. Not smooth at all. WWF got a good rhythm, and this is the start of it. This is the kick in gear. This is the dawn, not the dawn, the origin. Yeah, we've been fucking tracking it, man. Yeah. We've been doing it. Yeah. 
everything on that DVD is what we've been we've been talking about. Seriously, who, who cares if it's their company and their intellectual property? Yeah, we're we've been getting down to the nitty gritty. Yeah, we thought of it. <laughs> it's all us. We're Vince Russo. It was my idea, bro. Bro. All right, let's do it. Right. It's Raw, two twenty nine, October. 13th 1997 we open with lod and a recap a history of them you know going over everything that they've done and we have more epic music in the background and they've held titles in awa nwa and wwf and tonight they will retire if they don't win the wwf tag team titles wow then we get the intro music high stakes high stakes and uh did now refresh my memory? Did they do any sort of angle leading up to this, or did they just announce it like, "Oh, well, retire, retirement match for LOD this week"? As far as I'm concerned, it just whipped into this yeah, because that, the Godwins won last week. That's how I remembered it too. Yeah, yeah, crazy. Sucks showing up to work and be like, "All right, well, if you don't do this, you're done." Yeah, and they but they have like a whole interview segment and package, yeah. like all segmented out like throughout this whole episode of Raw. Yeah, it's crazy. Like they were like, "All right, this weekend, we got to tell them that we're going to retire." And they're like, "All right, let's get an interview together. Let's let's <laughs> get it together for Monday. Let's do it." And we're like, yeah. "All right, yeah, we're going to retire. Yeah, hey, or we're going to win. We're going to win, though." Yeah, it's yeah. that that Put autumn a lot of faith in them. That autumn lull that always hits uh, between SummerSlam and Survivor Series. There's always a little bit of scrambling and a little yeah, you know, a little bit of like, well, I need some. Something quick. Yeah. Need, need a gimmick. Need us. Need to get to Survivor Series and then on to the road to WrestleMania. True to that. But uh, even that being said, this is one of my favorite times of year in professional wrestling. Like uh, yeah. November, late November to December through January through the Royal Rumble. I love this whole yeah. time in wrestling. Me too. Uh, following the WWF or any other company. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. Um, so we get the intro live Topeka, Kansas. I'm Jr. with Jerry and in the ring, it's Vince McMahon and Vince McMahon says he claims to be and the best there is the best there was, uh, Bret Hart. Let's bring it out. Let's go to this audio real quick. Claims to be he claims to be. Considering what has happened as of late, what with 
the antics of Shawn Michaels and the impending match you're going to have at the Survivor Series with the same Shawn Michaels. And of course, let's face it, you can't be happy with last week's loss to Hunter Hearst Helmsley. Would you care to comment on what has happened as of late? Oh, hold on, that is right. You would love to comment on what happened to the Hitman last week. Now, before the Hitman puts a sleeper hold on this crowd and puts them all to sleep, we would love to tell the Hitman that I know you're getting old. I know you're jerking the curtain <laughs> on my cards. At Survivor Series, I know we're going to be in your neck of the woods in Canada. Well, I got some footage for you. I don't want everybody to see this because nobody knows Canada like I knows Canada. Hit the footage, daddy -o. And they replay last yeah, week where Sean yeah, puts the flag in his nose. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. What's it? Yep. There you go. <laughs> you know something, Hitman? Let's take a look at a little piece of footage I got for you from last week. I beat you so bad last week, my hands are still hurting me. And let's face it, Hitman, I'm younger than you. <laughs> Everybody's younger than him. <laughs> I'm better than you. Everybody's better than him. And I'm certainly bigger than you in more ways than one. Good God, you can put an eye out of that thing. <laughs> anyway, let's run. Let's see Hunter's footage now. Hit the footage in the truck, boys. Come on. Oh, there we go. There's a... Oh, he made oh, that's got to leave him up. Trying to punch in Brett. Brett blocking the blow. Attacking a woman. And then the super oh, kick from Sean. again. Is he challenging me? Challenging us? Is he challenging us? Listen, I see right now regularly, regularly, I would take him up on this challenge. But you know what I'm not gonna? You know what I'm not gonna? I'll tell you why. Because the last time I took him up on the challenge was WrestleMania, and I beat his ass with that stupid piece of tin he's got on his shoulder. <laughs> and at Survivor mm. Series, I'm gonna take that stupid piece of tin you got on your shoulders once again. I've beaten you, I've beaten your brother, I've beaten both your brother-in-laws, and I'll beat up your whole family if you get in my face one more time. And as far as I'm concerned, Bret Hart, you want a piece of me, huh? You want a piece of me? Come on! I'll take your hit, Sean fake holding Hunter line. back. So many man. shots to his head, I he forgot. Sometime during this show, we are going to cross paths. And you talk about us being degenerates. You know what? I'm, I'm tired of Generation X getting what? a bad rap. You Everybody, think you're a degenerate? Well, 
Okay, so wow, the nation come out and they interrupt Brett, and we go to a commercial, and some interesting words there from Brett. Definitely, yeah, he's he's shooting from the hip at this point for sure. So the official naming of the group, the uh, leftover clique, the initial outlaws, Shawn Michaels, Triple H, China, and Ravishing Rick Rude are now officially named Degeneration X. Mm-hmm. Back in its comma against own heart, but Shawn Michaels' music hits. Comma takes advantage as DX comes down the ramp, and Shawn Michaels gets on commentary, and Triple H does too. Very NWO esque. Yeah, you know? yeah, bringing everybody out for commentary, uh, for sure, for sure. Yeah, and they really degrade Bret Hart here, like Droopy the dog. Yeah. Uh, slouch shoulders, you know, the same old leather jacket and jean shorts. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It hurts when they go after the, after the jacket. And I've heard guys like in shoot interviews, Barry is like, comes out here, the, that fucking Sergeant Pepper's jacket, which I don't think he was wearing the Sergeant Pepper shoulder pads at that point, but no. I always liked it. I always thought it was cool. Yeah. And earlier when, during the segment, when, Farouk was berating uh, Brett. He said, the championship around your shoulders, but on the color commentary, what is that called? The closed caption, I'm sorry. Yeah. On the closed caption, mm-hmm. it actually said, uh, the belt around your shorts. <laughs> <laughs> I had a good laugh on that. Nice, nice. Yeah. So uh, HBK and Triple H are on the mic and they're berating Bret Hart as we said. Rick Rude says, "Would you like a snack?" And then they start eating bananas. <laughs> kind of racist because the yeah. nation is out there if you think about it. Yeah. Uh, if you think about it in that way because they are kind of like playing with the nation on the next couple of episodes. Yeah, that's that's uncomfortable. And Sean says, "The nation of denomination." Uh Lawler uh-huh. says, <clears throat> We're the best three-man commentary group. Um, And Triple H and HBK deny him. HBK says, shut up or China will punch you. And (laughs) Bret Hart and Bulldog and the Nation of Domination tussle on the outside. And HBK mocks Bret Bret Hart during this. He's like down in his face, like eating the banana. Just, you know, just total lack of respect. Just living it up. Yeah. Bell finally rings. HPK puts Delo's hat on, which is hilarious. And the Nation of Domination continued the beatdown on the Hart Foundation. And Bret Hart got pummeled, and I'd assume he'd won a receipt, Vince says. And we go to a commercial. Yeah, interesting. So 
Uh, we got DX teaming up there with the uh, Nation of Domination. Yeah. Interesting, yeah. weird alliance. Um, and again, bringing them in just as sort of a buffer uh, between these, you know, between Brett, who is less and less, I mean, still very much part of the Heart Foundation is still very much active, but sort of more more on his own um, in these later days. Yeah. Um, back from commercial and the LOD are talking in another package about Paul Ellering being the brains of their operation. And then we cut to the tag team champions, the Godwins. And Vince asks them, why would you take a risk like this when you just won the titles? And they just say to the LOD, your time was then, our time is now. Wow. Great stuff, guys. And they've had a lot of time together this year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they've had so many matches. Yeah. And out of nowhere, we get a tag team championship match with them. Yeah. so Career versus career, no less. Yeah. Well, career versus Title. titles, okay. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, mini tag team action going on. Mosaic and Tarantula out first, and then Max Mini and Supernova. Sweet. I want to know where El Torito is. <laughs> Danny. <laughs> I'm, I'm, at this point, yet? I'm flipping the channel to see if El Torito has made his big debut. I mean, it even rhymes. El Torito, Danny DeVito. Yep. Joining the NWO. <laughs> Vince asks Lawler about the, his comments during the DX segment about them being three Marvs. And that's uh, adding context to Marv Albert, the situation that recently happened around Ooh. this time. Do you know about that? I do. Can you enlighten the fans or anybody? All right. Well, I don't. We'll see how much I know. I, all I know is that the, the crux of it is that Marv Albert, famed sportscaster, voice of NBA jams, mm. uh, a, he's on fire. He's on fire. Uh Shamalam and Ding Dong or whatever. He <laughs> he shamalammed his ding dong uh where he shamalam shouldn't uh and and took a bite out of a uh out of a young uh sex workers uh behind mm-hmm. and uh was I think rightfully taken in for assault. Yep. He was taken I mean definitely rightfully, but I forget if he was actually arrested for it or but it was a big, it was a big scandal at yeah. the time, uh, and so yeah, and, and this was this was WWE, uh, WWF at the time trying to uh, stay topical and be controversial, tr- controversial at the same time. Um, and you'll see this more and more, especially once you get into uh, WrestleMania 14, where they just try to get every sleazy celebrity figure that they can to show up. The actual kickoff of the Attitude Era. Yeah. But this these couple episodes, man, yeah. there, are some, there are some stuff that is like precursors. For sure. Yeah. Um, and it's awesome. Uh, Vince says to Jerry, you have something in common with uh, Marv Albert. We should get him on the show, Ooh. Jerry says. Wow. Wasn't expecting that one. Yeah. Um. They then do a quick recap of Saturday night, that shotgun Saturday night with Sonny in a ref's uniform, and she takes off the ref shirt, exposing a tight open cut spandex t-shirt. Hmm. Very pre-attitude. Yeah. Origin of attitude. Trademark. Origin. Yeah. Dawn. (sighs) Then right back to the match, another 
fun little match that we got. It's pretty short, though. A uh, bunch of dives and then back into the ring. Max Mini does a beautiful roll-up to Mosaic. One, two, three. Wow. That was it. A fun and short little match, Kobe. <laughs> <laughs> I, I tried to do it smoother than the last episode. That was pretty good. That was pretty good. Up next, Flash Funk for Shawn Michaels. Ooh. Dream match. Yeah. I mean, honestly, you know, at, at you know, mid nineties, like yeah. yeah remember is... we were gonna have Flash Funk versus Bret Hart. But, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Cut to a commercial. Uh you can have dinner with your favorite superstar, your WWF superstar. And it's the Super Supper sweepstakes. That's right. Wow. For Survivor Series. All right. Mail in your info and you will be called on Survivor Series night, and then you can go out with any superstar, and the tab is on them. But they're basically whoring out Sonny because it's Sonny just with the kid this whole time. Yeah, it's like, who are you going to pick? Do you want wings, thighs? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so this is the pre-Skype era of Sonny being whored out. Yeah. Oh, Sorry. True. True. But this so- time... If you, you know, win this contest, though, who are you picking? Like honestly, as as a as a to go ten, out to as, in my town, what restaurant or and what wrestler? Just what which wrestler? Okay. And this is like ten year old, ten year Kobe. old, definitely Brett, definitely Brett. Yeah, I, I think it'd be Brett too. If you'd or if anybody besides Brett, but it probably would have been the most awkward thing. Yeah, if it, anybody besides Brett, yeah, Sable, Sable. Yeah. What about you? Uh. Probably Brett or Sonny. Okay. You yeah. like Sonny? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sable caught my attention around this time. Um, yeah. But I love Sonny too. Anyhow. Back from commercial, flashback to shotgun. Ha! Uh, get it? Flashback? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Flash funk. Flashback. <laughs> this week on the flash funk flashback. Yeah. Honky tonk trips rockabilly costing him a match against flash funk and road dog is on the mic and he says that me and you together i smell money and he's referring to him and billy gunn interesting might be onto something there yeah honky tonks willie will or with willie not be with him and billy gunn hits honky tonk in the head with a uh guitar and he does a double high five with road dog so they're gonna be a team wow but anyhow, back to regular action. Flash Funk out. No Funkettes given, though. No. Like, they didn't give him any Funkettes, and he doesn't seem to give a Funk about <laughs> this right now. Uh, then, oh, what? Kane's music hits, and with Pyro. And he does his Pyro thing in the yeah. ring, you know. It's Kane. Flash Funk attempts to hit Kane, and then, uh, like, you know, he's just like, fuck it, I'm going to punch him. Uh, not even trying to talk it out. Yeah. And then a um, promo on The Undertaker about what Kane has in store for The Undertaker, and he's going to destroy everybody in the WWF, says Paul Bear. Wow, nice, thanks. And then Kane goes up the ramp, and then all of a sudden HBK and Triple H and Rick Rude and China come out, and HBK just rolls up Flash Funk, and Triple H counts one, two, three. <laughs> China rings the bell, and Rick Rude comes into the ring with a piece of paper in hand and calls HBK the winner of the contest, the showstopper, the headliner, the main event, the pecan of the WWF. <laughs> oh, 
oops, sorry. I mean, the icon of the WWF. <laughs> it's the Heartbreak Kid, Shawn Michaels. Wow. And do you know what that's uh, playing off of? I don't. That's um, like just ribbing really at Hawk Hogan, saying the the icon. So like they're just playing the pecan thing. You okay, know? yeah. And he's got a piece of paper like a Michael Buffer. Gotcha. You know? Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. Messing it up. The pecan. Yep. Nice. Yeah, definitely a rib at the WCW and Hulk Hogan. Shawn Michaels' rival on the other side. Would I, be, I yeah. yeah. Uh, hit the music. Uh, they pose in the ring, and it's just a bunch of degenerates, or DX. Uh, later, Triple H uh, versus the Patriot, and still, LOD versus the Godwins. Yeah, Michael's chopping his crotch over and over again, laying on the ramp and saying, they're saying, he's got attitude. He's got attitude. Yeah, definitely. We go to another recap of the LOD, and this time they're talking about their victory at SummerSlam 1991. Sweet. Awesome. Big crowning of the, uh, getting the uh, WWF tag titles there. Mm Mm-hmm. Commercial, and we're back, and we recap the Kane incident and the attack, and then the DOA come out on their bikes, and it's Skull and 8-Ball officially. Uh, backstage, the Truth Commission, and it's the Jackal, and that's uh, Don Callis, and he speaks tonight on the DOA and says that their joyride comes to an end. And he's not that great, but yeah. Yeah, it just didn't, it never felt like, he, he was a pretty good talker in ECW, but it never felt like the whole Truth Commission... Uh, he never did, clicked in WWF. No, no, no. not at all. Uh, Kurgan the Interrogator is shown on Shotgun Saturday Night, and he's struggling with some big boots on the DOA, and he double choke slams the ref and gets held back by Sniper and Recon. Then we're back to live action, and the match begins, and Vince begins to mention a videotape that is being rumored about Janet Reno and President Bill Clinton. Wow. <laughs> what? And uh, Jerry says, I mean, the rumor about Paula Jones, I mean, she's got a big schnoz. And then Jerry says, I mean, he's not too choosy. I mean, look at Hillary. Ooh, wow. Shots bur- fired. Burying him. Burying him. Yeah. And Jr. during the mass- match asks Vince if, if he's ever been audited. And Vince says, yes, every year, in fact, I have. And Jr. says... Uh, well, you're going to be again. You keep talking like that. And Vince says, you don't think the IRS would be vindictive, would you? Like, wow, this is Vince the comedian again. Something, you know, something happened. He got yeah. stuck in his crawl. Of course, Vince has always been uh, part of the Republican establishment. So, yeah. But, yeah, it's taking every opportunity he can to, uh, to work that into the commentary. Oh, wow. Jackal pulls the top rope on eight. Eight skulls, because I don't know which one it is. <laughs> uh, and then we have a schmoz on the outside, bells and refs, and what a boring mess. And up next, it's Stone Cold Steve Austin, and now PlayStation and Bushido Blade. Yes. Yes, they present Slam of the Week, and it's Pearl River Plunge Fest from Ahmed to Tiger Ali Singh. Did you ever play Bushido Blade? I did not. Okay, it was a cool yeah, game. I nice. liked it. I yeah. liked the second and third one, too. Uh, yeah, fun game. Uh, back in earlier tonight, recap of the Heart Foundation and DX incident where DX made their name uh, official. 
you know? Yeah. You keep calling us a bunch of degenerates. Yeah, that's You make the rules, and we will break them. Yep, that's it. The famous line we heard earlier. Yeah. Uh, Warzone intro official. Austin comes out, and Vince has a contract, and Austin said he's not going to sign the contract and return on November 9th at Survivor Series until Vince signs it. Vince pulls out um, his cheaters, his little old man cheaters, <laughs> and uh, he signs, and then Austin will get his chance with Owen now, finally. And he gets on the turnbuckle and signs it in front of the crowd. And the crowd, they just pop off Austin signing a, like a yeah, contract. Yeah. He's in so the ring over. by himself on the yeah. turnbuckle. So over. Yep. And we get a uh, we get a fan like in a headband like mouthing, fuck yeah! <laughs> just like so hyped off of it. Yeah. Uh, Austin shakes Vince's hand and then brings him back. And he says, just know I can get you at any time. And then the nation come out and interrupt as Austin was explaining his interference at Bad Blood during the Intercontinental title match. Farouk cuts a promo on Austin and Austin just shits on it by saying hold, and holding his ear. Basically, I didn't understand one damn word you said. <laughs> a little bit of a pre- precursor to what? Yes, indeed. But uh, Farouk was a little hard to understand. Yeah. Actually, yeah. Uh, Stone Cold says, uh, come down to the ring or bring anyone down here and he'll take them on. So uh, Rocky takes it upon himself and runs down and he gets a stunner. First classic Rocky stunner receival. Yeah, it's a big moment. Yeah. Stone Cold runs through the crowd and the nation regroup in the ring. Still to come, LOD. Will they win the tag team titles or will they retire? LOD at Wembley Stadium. We get a package for that, and that's SummerSlam 1992. And that's a bonus episode that you and I covered. That's right. Check it out. We get into the whereabouts of Rocco and the Berserker mm-hmm. <laughs> with London's, London, London's Hells Angels. Yeah, I'm surprised they did a recap of this. Yeah. Uh, control Room with Sable. And then there's a villain with the laser tag incident and... Classy Freddy Blassie is exposed, and he says, I'm Evil Dr. Madman. Wait a second. (laughs) Evil Dr. Madman. This is like a precursor to Dr. Evil. Wow. Maybe Mike Myers was watching wrestling around this time. Maybe. Uh, Evil Dr. Madman. That is like the least original name I've ever heard. Uh, They unfreeze Max Mini, and it had nothing to do with laser tags at all. Great. Yeah. LOD go over their look and their names, and it's like how they do the face paint and how they came up with everything. And finally, backstage live, it's LOD, and Vince asks, why take a risk like this? Animal says that they want to prove that they can be tag team champions again, and they aren't like the guys of the past, and they're going to rest on their laurels and can't cut it like today, like Hulk Hogan or Randy Savage living on yesteryear. Nice. If we can't cut it, then we're out of here. Hawk, very somber, no well at all. He just says, we're going to prove if we're king of the hill or over the hill. Great, thanks. Did king of the hill just come out around this time or something? (laughs) Maybe. I think think it had just debuted now that I think. He's channeling Jim Bob. Yeah. Yeah, well, dang old man. King of the hill over the hill. Well... 
Tajiri comes out. Wow, this is the first time seeing Tajiri. Yeah, I was I was surprised to see this. Yeah, and then Brian Christopher comes out. That's his opponent. And we get a comment about Jim Jim E. Cornette, J. E. Cornette, going to speak about Phil Mushnick. And Jerry asks Vince what he thinks of Phil Mushnick, and Vince says, "I think Phil Mushnick is a miserable son of a beep." Holy shit! Breaking down. Wow. And yeah. do you know about Phil Mushnick? Uh, please refresh my memory. New York Post uh, editor and entertainment type writer and de- definitely like on a one man rampage against wrestling and all uh, okay. things wrestling. Yeah. Shit yeah. all over it. Okay. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah, it's, it's definitely uh, some stuff going on. He, 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 and he was big on the lawsuit for the steroid case. Damn. Yeah. One of those. Yep. After Vince says this, he goes, I think Phil Mushnick is a miserable, miserable son of a bitch. Jerry goes, whoa. And Vince just plays it off, goes, well, King, is he too sexy? <laughs> Talking about Brian Christopher, just playing it off. <laughs> Vince the comedian. He's in Love rare it. form tonight. Yeah. Definitely. Must have had a doers yeah. on the rock. <laughs> I bet. During the match, all he does is uh, kicks is to Jerry. That's what um, Jerry says. Tajiri is very kick base. The buzzsaw. Yes, indeed. Vince says, little case of Anoki. Do you remember that? The first time ever the boxer versus wrestler against Muhammad Ali. JR says, that was an investment, huh? And Vince says, it sure was. Jerry, uh, JR says, how much money did you lose on that one? Wow. Vince says, speaking of investments, there's a new Hulk Hogan movie out. Ooh. Ooh. And you've made money on those before, haven't you? <laughs> I certainly have. <laughs> no whole bar, more like no profit allowed. Wow. wow. We'll hear more about that at Jimmy Cornette. Sweet. Thanks, nice. guys. It's oh almost God. like Vince is just like, he knows he's going to be done with commentary very soon, so he's just letting it all letting it all go. And he's got to build this character to be yeah. a heel. He knows he's going to be a heel. Yeah. You know? Um, it's already in a gear. The gears are in motion, man. Definitely plotting. As we've said, uh, Tajiri continues with kicks and then a suplex, a standing moose halt. One, two, no, no. Christopher botches and then rolls up. And then he just does a, he pulls the half and then rolls Tajiri and grabs the tights. One, two, three. Tajiri kicks Brian Christopher in the face and over the top rope. Ooh. And then. Let's go to this epic audio of Jim E. Cornette. Yes. Columnist and TV Guide columnist Bill Marshnick. I'm Jim Cornette, and the views I'm about to express are my own, but as you'll see, they may be yours too. There's a man named Phil Mushnick who writes columns for the New York Post and for TV Guide. You've probably never heard of Mr. Mushnick, but you should, because he's had some pretty nasty things to say about you. You see... Phil Mushnick hates pro wrestling, and he's not content just to change the channel. He doesn't want you to be able to watch it either. Not the WWF, WCW, ECW, nothing. And for the past several years, Mushnick has led a one-man campaign to have the wrestling industry abolished. Recently, when Ted Turner donated $1 billion to charity, Mr. Mushnick said the world would be better served if he closed up WCW. Phil Mushnick is the man who called for and spearheaded the media and publicity barrage over the federal indictment of Vince McMahon and the WWF on steroid charges. 
And even though McMahon and the WWF were proven totally innocent in a federal courtroom, Mushnick ignores that fact to this day and writes his columns as if it were a fact they were proven guilty just so he can continue his one-man crusade. He even wrote a column one time about the Madison Square Garden Network firing Marv Albert saying that the Garden should cancel wrestling matches too. But Phil Mushnick not only hates wrestling, he hates wrestling fans. Here's a few things he's had to say about you, and I quote, If not for America's lunatic fringe and the disaffected, WCW would be out of business. If you can tell me that you would bring an important child in your life to a pro wrestling match, I have no gripe with you because you clearly don't know right from wrong. And the overwhelming majority of the wrestling fans who contact me simply prove my point by flooding my mailbox with profanities, obscenities, and other acts that show them to be a disenfranchised subculture. Well, Mr. Mushnick, I'm a wrestling fan, and a lot of the people who read the New York Post and TV Guide are wrestling fans, too. And we don't enjoy being insulted by publications we pay money to read. We don't appreciate being told we don't know how to parent our children. We don't want a pompous, self-righteous man with a grudge sitting on top of Mount Olympus, looking down his nose at us and campaigning to take away the constitutional right that every American is guaranteed to freedom of speech, freedom of choice, and the freedom to enjoy whatever entertainment we choose. Those are facts, Mr. Mushnick, not rumors, not suppositions, but facts. You ought to try to deal in them sometime. And I think it's time that the millions of people that you belittle as subhuman every chance you get tell the New York Post and TV Guide what they think of you. But if this has been going on so long, why am I mad right now? Because recently, Phil Mushnick used Brian Pillman's death to call for another outcry against wrestling. And I quote once again, the problem is the mainstream media don't look hard enough at pro wrestling. Imagine if middle-aged pro baseball players dropped dead on a regular basis. This would be page one stuff and a federal inquiry would be launched. Brian Pillman was a friend of mine. From the time he was born with throat cancer, he had the courage to undergo 36 different throat operations. He had the courage to withstand the punishment of pro football in 10 years as a pro wrestler. He had the courage to come back from a car wreck that shattered his ankle and from a lot of other personal tragedies. And then one night he went to sleep in a hotel room and he died. And for you, Phil Mushnick, to use his death as an excuse for another call to action in your one-man vendetta against pro wrestling is more vulgar and more obscene than anything that you've ever falsely accused the wrestling industry of being guilty of. So on behalf of the wrestling fans, the wrestling industry, the friends and family of Brian Pillman, and anyone in this country today that denies any one man the right to force his morals and his beliefs on all of us and take away our constitutional rights, on behalf of those people, I say go to hell, Phil Mushnick, and try to reform things down there. Because we're doing just fine up here without you. I'm Jim Cornette, and that's my opinion. Amen and amen. Holy shit. Corny. Wow. At his finest. Any thoughts? Uh, I mean, no, nothing too in particular. I, I thought it was a cool concept just in general of like letting him come in and just do these these shoot interviews i think we we mentioned it on the previous episode just sort of you know rewarding more and more rewarding the hardcore fans on yeah. a you know, week-to-week basis yep uh the ones that are out there reading the dirt sheets and talking and, about icons yeah yeah definitely exactly crazy um yeah man it's uh he's shooting from the hip and it's awesome uh of course i didn't really get it at the time but yeah. Oh no, it was completely. I was like, why? Why is this? Why is he yelling? Where's he? Like, why yeah. is Yokozuna's ma- Who is manager this guy? just out there? You know, he must be really upset about Camp Cornette falling apart. Yeah. Uh, tonight, the tag team titles are on the line. Yes, we've been hearing about that the whole episode, and actually, Goldust and Marlena are back together, and we have Goldust against Savio Vega. Wow, interesting. 
Los Pericos out first. It's Savio Vega. He's in the the leader. Yeah. He's going to face Goldust, who is out with Marlena, and they have their old school entrance. They're just back together like nothing happened. Yeah. Kind of bring it up. Um, Speaking of movies, how about No Holds Barred? Hogan said if it lost money, he would repay with his salary. I guess that check is still in the mail. Wow. Vince is a fucking comedian. Yeah. He is the best. He's not afraid. Yeah. He says, he's got another one coming out, and the only thing more painful than watching the Hulkster act is, I guess, uh, watching him wrestle. Ooh. Ooh. But I do understand he does have hair in the movie. (laughs) JR. (laughs) He says, JR, what's the story on you? You're a little laid back tonight. Like, (laughs) he's just ripping on everybody. He goes, JR, you're a little laid back tonight. (laughs) I'm just killing it out here. Just deflecting. I'm just yeah. killing it out here. Just deflecting. He's just full of himself. <laughs> Love it. Uh, the match starts, and the ref ejects the Los Periquas after they trip Goldust, and then we get a curtain call attempt from Goldust to Savio, but Savio reverses it and hits a spinning kick on Goldust, and then an uppercut by Goldust, which is beautiful. Uh, Marlena thrown, throwing her cigar in the ring, and this distracts the ref. As he um, gives her a little health tip, he's like, listen, truth ads are coming out soon. (laughs) We're going to be working with them soon here on the USA Network. Um, And Goldust hits Savio with the purse. And we know that that has a brick in there. And the ref turns around. One, two, three. Goldust pins Savio. Wow. Yeah. Interesting just to see them kind of hit the reset button. Yep. For now. Yeah. Uh, on on the storyline that had been going on with Pillman, um, so yeah, it's just you know, like classic nineteen ninety five heel gold dust with Marlena, you know, yep, giving him the assist, yeah. Um, and what did Eric Bischoff have to say? And what are Jr.'s thoughts on that? Call the WWF superstar line. No, thank you. <laughs> uh, up next, Triple H versus the Patriot. Jack's official action figure ad. We get series five. Wow. And I have those action figures, uh, the actual Vince and uh, Austin, and I think yeah. one of the other ones that were in that package. But yeah, it's a nice little ad there. Vince in the uh, raw jacket. I think I had yeah. that one too. In the ring too. Yeah. Um, yeah. Back and we get the Triple H out with his. And Triple H, uh, HBK comes out in the background and he's kind of doing the. Conducting. Yes. <laughs> We get a flashback of last week and the spot with DX um, ganging up on Bret Hart. Basically, uh, the China punch spot and the super kick from HBK and then Triple H's victory via countout. And then the Patriot comes out and he gets a big pop here. Weird. Yeah, like randomly after like a month or more of just nothing from any audience, be it Canadian or American, just... Yeah, it gets a nice little pop here, but he's, you know, he's been mailing it in for for a little while. Yeah. And then Rick Rude comes out behind him and splashes hot coffee in his face. Oh, and, God. Yeah, oh, my God. And Rick Rude hits uh, Patriot with a Halliburton briefcase and sends him backstage. HBK gets on the mic and says, lady and gentlemen, another hard-fought victory for Hunter Hearst Halsley. <laughs> Sergeant Slaughter comes down and says, since your opponent can't wrestle tonight, however, 
I have a volunteer and will wrestle tonight on Raw, and that's an order. Rick Rude, meanwhile, goes backstage. Sergeant Slaughter berates DX about respect. Okay, Sarge, we'll start showing you some respect. Suck it. And that gets bleeped. Why Why does that bleeped all of a sudden? Yeah, I mean, I guess it's in the in the early day. They just started saying it. Well, so. he said it the last episode, and it yeah. wasn't bleeped. And it was fine. Maybe they got a little bit of feedback from USA, but yeah. it, if it was you know, obviously not going to be bleeped for very long. Yeah. Uh, then Ahmed Johnson comes out, and DX put their paws up, like, put them up, put them up, put them up. And Nation of Dacian. Nation of Dacian. The Nation of Dacian. Yes. The new, the new Nation of Dacian. <laughs> Nation of Domination attack Ahmed from behind while he's coming down and DX run off. And DX are eating popcorn at the top of the ramp and the Nation of Domination beat down Ahmed some more. Meanwhile, Legion of Doom, Ken Shamrock run down for the save. Wow. Crazy that Legion of Doom would take that chance given the uh the high stakes of their, their matchup coming yeah. up. Uh Animal calls out the Godwins and says, Well, we want you now and then uh Raw continues. Wow, sweet. And then we get an ad for Stone Cold Steve Austin's black denim vest. Awesome. Yeah. Forty four dollars. Check it out. You might see it pop up on the Savage Stash. You could. Because I would, I would rock the shit out of that. You would right yeah, now? I would. Okay. In this day nice. and age. Okay, we're back, and then the Godwins come out, and it's the tag team title match, and this is a match. Uh, Hawk beat down by the Godwins as Animal is then slammed into the steps, and a shit ton of reps, refs come out, and they just escort Animal out off. Like, what? Yeah. Uh, Phineas has Hawk down in the ring in a modified chin lock, and Henry just slop drops the ref out of nowhere. Like, dude, whoa, whoa, wait. You got a title match going on, Henry. Yeah. They kick and beat down Hawk as Animal sees it on the Titantron as he's being helped up the ramp, and then he runs back down the ramp and does some drop kicks and some clothesline, and they set up for the Doomsday device, and Cletus hits Hawk off the turnbuckle. Then Cletus grabs the horseshoe and he goes to hit Henry, who's holding um, Animal, and he ducks and gives Henry the horseshoe instead. So, yeah, it's a tough, tough break there. Bad Animal date. ducks that, and Phineas gets hit with the top rope clothesline by Hawk. One, two, three, new tag team champions. Wow. So they saved it. They're not, they're not going to retire. Uh, and then the Godwins beat down Cletus, and we get a replay of the match, and a slop drop from Henry, and a bloody nose on T.L. Hop Cletus. Yeah. Sorry. And a moment of silence uh, in the arena for uh, the Cletus era. Yeah. Cletus is the one who is going to end up retiring. Uh, we go off the air, and that's it. What that's a weak it. ending. Yeah, you know? super weak. Well, I don't know. I mean, there's probably some people who are very concerned about Cletus for the next, you know, rest of their lives, really. Because <laughs> I don't think I don't know if we ever heard from him again. I don't think so. All right, all right, all right, Cletus. All right, Cletus. Yeah, that's another shirt. Yeah, um, it's just him with the bloody nose. Um, it, instead of the Austin bloody face, it's yeah. him with the bloody nose. Have Epic. you have Epic. you seen this man? Yeah. Yeah. Missing. Um, 
So yeah, that's it. The next couple weeks of Raw. I'm 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 trying to picture what was going on in WCW right now. It was kind of the build up for Halloween Havoc '97, right. which was wasn't that Randy Savage and Hogan again? '97 uh, Halloween Havoc might have been Piper, or did they just do that? They just did that with Piper and, uh, and Hogan. I'm not sure. Yeah, we'll have to. I will have to. I'll have to key that in. Yeah. Um, and but, I know this is coming off the heels of uh, Kurt Henning uh, joining um, the NWO, turning on the Horsemen. Oh wow! Uh, slamming the cage door on Ric Flair's neck. I think this. I think this was around autumn of that wow. year. Yeah. Intense stuff. Yeah, definitely. Jimmy, do you have any old wrestling shirts? You know, I, when I was a young man, I uh, had a bunch of uh, very terrifically 90s wrestling t-shirts. I had one cane uh, shirt that was long sleeves, and it was particularly uh, just terrible. Uh, but sometimes I wish I could find some of those old ones, you know? So do I. I had the Kevin Nash. He had the backwards Tupac bandana. That was too sweet. But I do know this awesome place. It's called the thesavagestash.com. It's your wheeler and dealer for the best vintage wrestling shirts, merch, and everything in between. The absolute cream of the crop. Yeah. The Savage Stash. The Savage Stash. SavageStash.com. Newest thing I got was the fanny pack, man. It's awesome. It's neon orange, and then there's a neon green one. What more can you ask for? It's got the logo that says the Savage Stash. Put all your good stash elements in there. Yeah, everybody's everybody's holding on to one of these. I've seen pictures with Okada mm. holding a Savage Stash fanny pack. Kenny Omega, possibly? Yes. Wow. Oh my goodness. So good. Do yourself Crazy. a favor. Buy the fanny pack. Yes. Go on there. TheSavageStash.com. It's the cream of the crop. Yeah. Dig in. Hey, Jimmy, you want to tell everybody about where we work on the side? Absolutely. Uh, DCW, District City Wrestling. And, Jimmy, you're a commentator announcer there? Yeah, I could I could call myself the voice of DCW if I was really feeling good about myself. There you go. <laughs> I like it. I like and, it. Uh, you're, you, you, you've, got a, you've got a hand in it as well. Yes, I do. I do some production media there. I also wrestle... Um, yeah, but check us out. You can find us on Facebook at District City Wrestling, or you can find us on Instagram at, at @officialdcw or Twitter at @officialdcw. Check us out. Let us know what you think. Hey guys, uh, if you're uh, into uh, reading about pro wrestling and uh, fans' perspective and fans' journey, uh, check out my buddy Dan Zine. It's called Hot Tag. Uh, and he gets into his journey as a fan, um, as well as bringing in some of his friends. I uh, wrote a piece for the uh, third issue. Um, so he has that. Uh, check it out. It's at hottag.bigcartel.com. Uh, it's good stuff. Get into it.
All right, let's um, let's get into it. It's the next episode of Raw. Yes, indeed. It's two thirty, and um, took a little break there. But yeah, during the break, we were talking about the. I was in the doctor's office for my cold, and uh, I heard an ad, and I started busting out laughing through out all my sickness because I just heard in the side of my ear spine readjustment and i just pictured arn anderson being a doctor <laughs> i was just wearing, wearing the white just like his, his wrestling gear with the tights but with a white coat over it <laughs> delivers yeah. a damn spine buster readjust your spine yeah uh dr anderson your 605 superstar appointment is here oh that'd be great shoot him off the ropes for me <laughs> you can have maspa <laughs> maspa uh, yeah, so episode 230 of Raw, it's October 20th, 1997. Woo, we go straight into the intro music, Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. JR's hometown. Welcome everyone! Freedom of expression, abound tonight from Oklahoma. Thanks, Vince. Ladies and gentlemen, the new tag team champions, the Legion of Doom. Wow, Ahmed Johnson out. Okay, he's got some mixed reaction. Ken Shamrock out. Decent reaction. Then the entire nation of domination out. And we get a big schmoz at the beginning. And this is not supposed to be an eight-man tag match. Oh, oh shit, I'm confused. Cause yeah, because everybody, like everybody had an entrance. Yeah. So. so it's actually Rocky and Kama versus Ken, Shamrock, and Ahmed. Uh, of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Rocky sucks chance and uh we got 20 people out here and one mom between them thanks jerry and that rings true till today <laughs> cm punk cm punk yep yeah top of the ramp is dx it's hbk and he holds up a i'd rather be in china sign yes well you know it's a little suggestive yeah Rock gets uh, tangled up on the top rope in his ankle, and he's, that's a dangerous spot. And then they hold up another group of signs, and we see Uncle Tom 316. <laughs> oh, my God. Suck me, Vince. And then who booked this crap? Wow. Next week, Shamrock first Bret Hart for the WWF title. Nice moves by Shamrock in this match. He's much more safer than Ahmed um, at his recklessness. Yeah. Uh, Rick Rude starts to walk down the ramp. And Rude, the insurance man, is walking down. Rude, the insurance man. Still going with that insurance gimmick. Fucking Vince. Could you imagine him doing a commercial, too? Yeah. I'm not going to do it, but, uh, yeah, just imagine it. Just think about it. Yeah. Vince. uh, Thanks, man. Rocky does the people's elbow official here. Yeah. Like he, he definitely bounces off the ropes and does the kick and boom, boom, hits it on Ken Shamrock. Puts all the stank on it. Yeah. Then we get a Hurricane Rana from Ken to Rocky. Rick Rude is talking to Farouk on the outside. This is interesting. Owen Hart versus Shawn Michaels tonight. Champion versus champion. Title versus title. What? It's exciting. Wow. The Intercontinental Champion versus the European Champion. Wow. Farouk runs in and hits Shamrock with Rick Rude's Halliburton. What the fuck? 
Uh, and Rocky pin Shamrock, one, two, three. HBK moons the crowd as Triple H holds up an X sign over it. Um, yeah. Nation of Domination walk out the ramp and Ahmed go after them and they fight off backstage. And Pat Patterson is out there, just like <laughs> looking confused as ever. Yeah. And the refs hold them off and the Godwins in burgundy cut off shirts and black sweatpants. Very relaxed Godwins. Yeah. <laughs> Casual Godwins. Yes. And they hit LOD from behind with trash cans and we go to a commercial. What a fucking shit show. Wow. Yeah. What, like, where, as a fan, you watch that and you're, like there's there's nothing but confusion it's 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 the it's building for survivor series but it's all out war yeah, right yeah it's just there there's no clear lines uh it's just a it's a clusterfuck yeah textbook <laughs> then we're back and we get rick rude the insurance man vince says tonight a former wcw champion is here tonight really oh huh and later, The Undertaker will break his silence. Wow. And we get Bret Hart versus Farouk and Owen Hart versus HBK. And uh, we get Michael Cole, and he's supposed to do an interview with The Nation. And he says they aren't there, and they left in a fit of anger. And why wouldn't they? Look at their locker room. It's got racial shit all over the wall, dude. Malcolm X, uh, Watermelon. A black person with an afro, uh, big lips. Yeah. Um, Farouk is pissed. Um, they come down, and he's bitching at Vince, but a fan is in the background, and he says, Farouk hooked on bo- Ebonics. <sighs> and that's right in the background while he's bitching out Vince. Like, yeah, yeah. This is this is tough to watch. This is very uncomfortable. Oh, my God. And he asks him if he he asks Vince if he's racist, and this is what he wants. And uh, it the rest is indistinguishable because it's hard to understand. Farouk, I'm sorry, yeah. but Vince says uh, you can't blame us. Farouk says right here in the WWF is racist, and this country was built off the backs of black people, and they're the leaders of this country. And Bret Hart, get your pale ass out here! Wow, this makes yeah. me really uneasy. Yeah, yeah, me too. And, and some people are throwing trash. Actually, a good amount are. And we wait around awkwardly for Bret Hart and tension builds. Yeah, yeah. And, they, and like, they pull the trigger on this in Oklahoma City, no less, in a southern, uh, you know, southern state. And it's just... Uh, yeah, it's, Vince Hart, yeah, it's it's hard. Yeah, it's not not good. No. Doesn't doesn't make you proud to be a wrestling fan. No. Uh, and Vince is trying to save it by saying vandalism does not translate to racism. It, it, well, it, 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 it do. It, it's yeah. When the vandalism is uh, obviously, you know, racially motivated and has racist messages. Yeah. That, yeah. I mean, uh, okay. Vandalism against racist statues. Maybe that's cool. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, it's, it, yeah, it's 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 uh it's uncomfortable. Yeah. yeah. Finally, Bulldog comes out, but with Bret Hart's music. Oh, I'm sorry. Anvil comes out. No, Owen comes out, and they're all putting their jackets on. They seem late, and then finally, Bret Hart comes out, out, and he takes his jacket off. Like, what the hell just happened? <laughs> it's like everybody, put your goddamn jackets on. <laughs> all right, I'm taking mine off. <laughs> <laughs> something Brett would clearly do. Yeah. 
uh, Farouk <laughs> and Bret Hart go at it. And right here, uh, not a word from Bret Hart or the Hart Foundation as like, we didn't do the vandalizing. We didn't do anything. I mean, come on. Like, we get no reply right here. It would be, uh, would be nice to have some clarification. Yeah. Uh, DX comes out and HBK takes the headphones and he says, Bret Hart has a lot of things, but I didn't know he was a racist. Wow. And HBK says he should be representing the WWF. And Bret Hart rushes over to HBK and uh, the Nation of Domination hold him back and the Hart Foundation do too. And DX run off and we go to a commercial. So almost more war was about to ensue. Yeah. <sighs> we get WWF action figures with bone crunching action this time. Oh, these were good ones. Yeah. I L-O-D. Love, love me some bone crunching action. Yeah. L-O-D tag team series. And the headbangers are crunching them in the locker. Yeah. But, uh, I had the headbangers, the L-O-D. Yeah. That was it. I had, yeah. I think those were the only two I had of that series, but. Man, those were fun. I, I like the the Jax figures will probably always be my favorite, um, just because they were they were like a good compromise because between like the straight up bendies and like the more like you know hard plastic ones, it was like those in, intricate hard plastic plastic ones that are out now, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so it was like sort of like in between, and you could do a lot with them. Um, it was yeah, those and they they're the ones I grew up on too. So yeah. But yeah, those are those are good good ones. Yeah, I love those. Um, as you know, I have a box of them still. So. That's right. As do I. We'll break them out, and uh, we'll yeah. have to have a, a a battle royal one time. Yeah. Uh, live Facebook Live. Yeah, we're gonna do a Facebook Live action figure battle royal because that's where we are in our lives, Kobe. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, back from the commercial, Bret Hart and Farouk are still going on. And Bret Hart works over the knee of Farouk. Vince says, Bret Hart getting ready for that dreaded leg lock, the sharpshooter. Does he mean it's like dreaded or he, he dreads seeing it? Like this shit again? Yeah and, it, yeah, and you wonder if he wants to apply that to HBK at Survivor Series. His performance is absolutely dreadful. Ooh, interesting. Yeah. Then another schmoz on the outside with the Heart Foundation and the Nation of Domination. Jesus Christ, the referee is distracted. Stone Cold Steve Austin comes out and he turns Farouk around and stuns him. And Farouk sells this like death. And he and Stone Cold runs off through the crowd and the fans are insane for this. Yeah. Wow. Bret Hart comes into the ring and he sees that Farouk is laid out and just, what the hell? One, two, three. Wow. Still to come, Heartbreak Kid, Shawn Michaels against Owen Hart, title for title, champion versus champion, and The Undertaker to break his silence. All right. Back and we get a recap of the WWF magazine that's out now with Kane. Sweet. And we have a visitor, and it's J-E-double-F-J-A-double-R-E-double-T, call me. Jeff Jarrett. 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 He's back. Yeah. He's back. And he is, is he brandishing the NWA title here? No. Not yet. No. No. Last week on Monday Nitro, he says Eric Bischoff tried to bury 
Jeff Jarrett on that show, and he pulled an opportunity on Jeff Jarrett. And since he wasn't one of the boys of Je- of Eric Bischoff, Jeff Jarrett was kept down in WCW. Bullshit. <clears throat> yeah, he says he's let him down, and he's he held him, and he let him drown in mediocrity. No, no, that 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 was you. Yeah. And he looked, and look at the way he booked him. He had an ex-football player who couldn't even lock up, and his wife gave a new meaning to the phrase "dumb blonde." Wow. wow. Yeah. Interesting. That's a remark about Deborah and Steve Mongo McMichael, which you know Deborah would later marry Stone Cold, and and mm. and also worked very closely with uh, old Double J. Yeah. Yeah, comes in right after. Uh, says Vince's vision was shit, and he booked him with a clown and a drug addict and a black guy who could hardly speak the English language. Wow. So Ahmed, uh, who's the drug addict? I guess Sean. Maybe, maybe Razor. Sean and Razor. Yeah. And then the clown. I guess Doink. Did he have him? I don't recall any, uh, like, the, the story Jeff Jarrett versus no. Dwight the Clown blood no. feud. No. And Jeff Jarrett says he was put down because Vince ran his daddy off, and he wants to hold uh, uh, Jerry Jarrett's son down. Wow. That's a callback to Vince taking over the territories and everything. Yep. yep. And Vince, you told me to come out here and shoot, and you're paying me more now. And... <laughs> From here on out, it's my way. Vince, Vince, can you afford it if I walk out? Wow, if I walk out. That's the way uh, Jeff Jarrett kind of leaves, though. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, Jeff Jarrett calls out Bret Hart and HBK, and he uh, more trash ensues in the ring because the fans are like, fuck you. Yeah, yeah. But uh, this is a lot of insider stuff, I guess, but it's Jeff Jarrett. Yeah, yeah. There's like this... This notion that like has had always persisted that like Jeff Jarrett should be a main eventer like or that he was like a main event talent and then like so many people within the industry bought into that but I I've never seen him that way like he's you know mediocre at best in the ring and you know obviously once he started booking TNA you know he could book himself in every main event but yeah. I, I've never been too much of a Jeff Jarrett fan yeah he's like ultimate stepdad mid card yeah he's, he's your stepdad <laughs> Love it. and he's mid card and you don't want him being the champion no it's no. your stepdad playing with your toys You're yeah like, fuck yeah he's the like the 26 year old stepdad that your mom started dating <laughs> oh god I'm just building a world right here you yeah know, retro mania world <laughs> so yeah that's Jeff Jarrett yeah uh America's said, stepdad. Yep. <laughs> the 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 America's Funniest Home Videos theme kicks off, but it's, <laughs> it's Jeff Jarrett. Da, 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 da. Uh, give your little hand. Uh, he says, Shawn Michaels, you give your little hand signals to your boys in Atlanta. Wow. And he says, you're so broken down, though, but you're hiding behind your attitude. And speaking of attitudes, Stone Cold Steve Austin lowered himself to shaving his head and saying ass just to get a reaction. Austin chants come out because the fans don't fucking care. Jeff Jarrett says Austin is ripping off the Bible for using 316. And Vince, you wanted the real Jeff Jarrett? Well, you got him. 
You happy, Vince? Yeah. Are you? Because nobody else is. Wow. Uh, still to come, Owen Hart versus HBK. Back from commercial, it's Brian Christopher out with Jerry Lawler. Blah, 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 blah. Back from commercial, it's Brian Christopher out with Jerry Lawler. And it's a whoa, Mark Marrow with Sable. Oh, my goodness. Oh, have mercy. Vince. Keep, keep it in your pants, Vince. Shut the fuck up. Uh, to Mark Marrow's punches, Jerry King says, uh, get Tyson in here. And JR says, we can't yet. He's unavailable. Building the seat. Yet. Oh. Wow. Nice. Uh, Jerry puts the hat on Sable, the Stone Cold Steve Austin hat, and says, Now that hat looks good. Now you can sell millions of it. Sweet. Thanks. Sexualizing, objectifying Sable. Mark Marrow throws a hat off of Sable, and Brian Christopher takes control. The king gets on the apron and Marrow hits Brian Christopher with a low blow while the ref is distracted and a TKO one, two, three Mark Marrow goes over. Wow. Marrow walks out with Sable in tow. Yeah. In tow. That's all right. (laughs) JR. Yeah. Toe. That's all right. Camel toe. Uh, yeah. Everybody's getting in on the act. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Up next, Owen Hart first. Heartbreak Kid Shawn Michaels. Yeah, we've been saying that for a while now. Back and we get the billions and billions watching at home. Uh, It's Owen Hart. It's a little package recapping him taking out Heartbreak Kid and uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin. He might as well be the real hitman of the Hart Foundation. You know? Yeah. Uh, HBK and the DX, they're public enemy number one. We recap DX taking out Bull, Bulldog and humiliating Bret Hart. And title for title, showdown is next. And then the official Warzone theme in the intro hit. Yep. Owen Hart out first with Slammy's flags in hand and the title on hand. Yeah. <laughs> it's ridiculous. <laughs> he brings more and more out every week. It's 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 wonderful. <clears throat> Owen Hart gets on the mic and asks to keep the DX boys out of it and he'll keep his boys out of it. And and we're going to see man for man who's better. And he'll be holding two titles tonight and DX out sans HBK cut the music. Look like we have technical difficulties for sure. Um, Finally, the mic comes back on. I don't know what the delay was there, but yeah, Rick rude doing his regular intro. I know you sweat hogs or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I give you the headliner, the showstopper, the icon of the WWF, HBK. HBK out and tells DX to stay back. Suck it and the pyro. Sweet. This match starts out great. We get a nice back and forth with Owen Hart and HBK. And the Hart Foundation are shown watching backstage. And we go to commercial. Back from commercial and Owen Hart swings HBK into the corner. Another look at the Hart Foundation watching from the backstage. Yeah. The WWE is never going to move on from that shot of like somebody watching backstage. Like I would love to see them get away from it, but they, they will continue to use it until they go out of business. Yep. 
Uh, more back and forth and counter for counter in this match. Uh, and then finally a chin lock from uh, HBK to Owen Hart. Owen Hart fights back and gets his shoulder into the corner after HBK moves from the corner. And then up to the top, the patented elbow of Shawn Michaels. Nice. And he's setting up for the sweet chin music doing the stomp. We're going to have a new Intercontinental champ- Champion on deck. And the kick is caught by Owen Hart. Enziguri from Owen Hart to HBK. Stone Cold Steve Austin runs out, stuns the ref. Sweet chin music. Wow. The Hart Foundation are shown backstage running towards the ring. This was kind of nice, though. A little different as they, like, went to show them and then they're actually running, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that was cool. Uh, Bret Hart and HBK start slugging it out immediately in the ring. Uh, The crowd is so hot for this right now. And DX come out for the save in the Heart Foundation 2. And the refs and the officials are out. And JR saves it as Stone Cold doesn't want anyone but Owen Hart to have the Intercontinental title on November 9th. The uh, Survivor Series. So, I mean, good point there. Uh, Bret Hart is shown dejected in the ring. He's pissed. I don't know what's going on. We get a close-up and then a recap of what just happened. And get on the hotline to hear J.E. Cornette rant. And that's uncensored. Nice. Yeah. You can, okay. Yeah, you can hear J.E. Cornette rant uncensored on Raw, too. Yep. Uh, up next, Dude Love and British Bulldog. And then The Undertaker will speak on Kane. Back, The Undertaker speaks on Kane. And he says, he'll live in hell. Okay. Sweet. Next week, not to be outdone, Bret Hart puts the WWF title for grabs against Ken Jamrock. Sweet. Dude Love out. And then we get a blackout, or I'd like to call a Kane out, because it turns to Kane's music. And nice. Dude Love starts to fight Kane, and he gets a chair and smacks the shit out of Kane. Yeah. And Kane just eats it and takes uh, his hand and gives... Dude love a choke slam onto the ramp and he smacks the back of his head and then we get another one onto the ramp and Kane just killed Dude Love. Yeah. Yep. And he did. He did for for quite some time. Yeah. Then the headbangers are out and it's Mosh and Thrash. The headbangers. No Vince, it's Mosh and Thrasher. 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 You fucking know the guys. Come on. You Come named on. him. Yeah. Ah, then the in- introduction to Road Dog and Badass Billy Gunn. This is the first official. Ladies and gentlemen, children of all ages, this is their like intro. Like, yeah. wow, this is where our journey starts. Wow. And if you didn't know, you better page somebody. Ah, not as, <laughs> not as catchy. <laughs> not as catchy, yeah. man. During the match, we get a flapjack uh, to Road Dog, and Billy Gunn hits Thrasher in the head with this boon box, and it explodes. And the referee had his head turned, but uh, Road Dog pins one, two, three. Wow. Impressive Pick- debut for uh, this team that would become to known as the New Age Outlaws. Uh, the exploding uh, boom box uh, kind of like threw me off a little bit. That was, that was weird. <laughs> but... Uh, Interesting uh, way to begin for them. Yeah. And Road Dog yells at Vince, Jerry, and JR, and he says, You're a freak, you're a freak, and you're a faggot to King. Ooh. Wow. Yeah. Ooh. 
Sorry. Everybody's shooting. Yeah. Then we get a clip of Vince, Bruce, and Taka Michinoku. What? Up next, the sensation Taka. Okay. That was a while ago. And I know you want me. Sunny out with a skimpy dress, and she's the guest ring announcer. And in the ring already, Tajiri Yoshihiro. It's Tajiri again, sweet. And his opponent, ladies and gentlemen, that's Taka. They have a nice match. And Taka hits a Taka Michinoku driver after a powerbomb and ends it one, two, three. Yep. If not, you want to check it out, check it out. Yeah, not not one. too, you know, obviously a quick little TV match, but uh, yeah, good stuff there. Yeah, better than the minis. Yeah. And ladies and gentlemen, J.E. Cornette standing by. What's he going to say this week? Let's do it. Uh, Uncle Jerry. Oh my goodness. Jim Cornette. I'm Jim Cornette, and the views I'm about to express are yours. Well, some of them at least. Because in my last commentary, I told everyone about Phil Mushnick, the New York Post and TV Guide columnist who hates pro wrestling and doesn't think much more of the wrestling fans. Well, since that time, Mr. Mushnick's message board at the TV Guide website has been flooded with posts from outraged fans, and I'd like to read you excerpts from just a few of them. I've been a wrestling fan close to 21 years. I think your generalization of a sports fans is deplorable. As far as me being a knucklehead, everyone is entitled to their opinion, which is why I will no longer buy TV Guide or the New York Post. From a 12-year-old boy, I found your remarks toward us wrestling fans immature, disrespectful, incompetent, and useless. From an attorney, please spare us from your personal jealousy of people who make more money than you do and write something meaningful. From a Christian whose parents took him to matches as a child, would you rather I spent those Saturday evenings drinking myself into a drunken stupor? How about vandalizing property? From another fan, gun control, poverty, and government reform should be priority in the post, not wrestling. And another... I can't see it as anything but him stretching every story he possibly can to take a shot at wrestling and satisfy his vendetta. And another. Here's a man who in 1998, Phil Mushnick he's talking about, will begin to rant about the Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue. It's pornography. God save my children. He'll broadcast his views in the New York Post where there'll be ads for strip clubs, penile enlargement, and doctors who cure sexual dysfunction. And lastly, hey, Phil, you seem to be a man that lacks a life. Ever thought about kissing a girl or something? Well, I'd like to report that Phil Mushnick has gotten the message. I'd like to, but it's not true. Because listen to what Mr. Mushnick said on the internet on October 13th. The internet. I've badly overrated the intellect and social graces of most pro wrestling fans. They believe what they want to believe, think what they want to think, and have no regard for the truth. Not all, but most pro wrestling fans provide exactly what the wrestling industry covets. Knuckleheads. Well, it's my view that the only opinion that doesn't make a difference is the one that goes unexpressed. People with similar opinions founded the United States of America and put a man on the moon. So if you're sick and tired of people giving you the sideways glance, looking down their nose at you, treating you like the guy that runs the Ferris wheel at the county fair just because you like wrestling or anything else in life, then stand up and say, I'm mad as hell and I'm not going to take it anymore. Voice your opinion. Make a difference. Phil Mushnick is not the only target, but he's a fine place to start. So as they say in TV land, folks, keep those cards and letters coming. I'm Jim Cornette, and that's my opinion. And he would like to hear your opinion. If you want to voice your opinion, ladies and gentlemen, go ahead and write that. Matt is hell. Care of TV Guide. Attention, Phil Mushnick. PO Box 500, Radnor, PA 190 I can't take any more myself. Wow. And uh, write in and say you're mad as hell, hell at Phil Mushnick if you're a wrestling fan. Hashtag mad as hell if you're in our time. Yeah. Or hashtag keep pro wrestling alive. That's right. 
Yeah. Trying to fuck trying to get fi- the fuck get, Phil. F- hashtag fuck Phil. Yeah. That's ours. Page. <laughs> you better page somebody about Phil Mushnick. <laughs> Welcome back from the break, and it's the Godwins out in their burgundy cutoff shirts and their black sweatpants. Very Casual. relaxed wins. Casual Godwins. We get a recap from last week in the LOD incident with them. And out are their opponents. It's the DOA on motorcycles. Sweet. Those, look at those Titan bikes. Look at those hogs. Yeah. And starting off, it's a four on two. And then all of a sudden, the Truth Commission come out. Now it's a six on four. Wow. Refs and officials out. More schmozzing. And that was weak as hell. Yeah. And it's all set up for Survivor Series. And I I think going back to the attire, though, I, I, we should be past it. But I think it's so funny that it's almost like they're depressed. They lost the titles. <laughs> no <laughs> like, more overalls. No I, more tie-dye. I, I can't even bring myself to put on these overalls. I just, we don't deserve them. Uh, you want to fill this slop bucket with slop? <laughs> no. I just not, don't feel like it. Not today. <laughs> not today. <laughs> Oh, my God. So then we go to Mankind, and he's in the boiler room. Wow. And he says, you think you see madness? Well, if the Undertaker has qualms about facing his brother, Kane, Mankind doesn't. Ooh, and he'll fight him anywhere, anytime, anyhow. And he is fucking pissed. Yeah. And we go off the air. This is awesome. That's awesome. So it's going to be Mankind and Kane building a feud. Well, that's it, folks. Um, we got one more episode of Raw right here. We're going to cover it. It is Raw 231, October 27th, 1997. We get an intro straight into music, and it's Raw is War, Tulsa Convention Center, sold out arena. Yeah. Sweet. The Nation of Domination out, and Vince introduces them, and they recap the vandalism in the locker room of the NOD. Some cringeworthy stuff. Farouk asks why there is racism in the WWF. Why, Vince? You know? Why? And why are we doing this angle? Yeah. What the fuck is the point of it? What are we doing? Yep. This is a former, you know, WCW champion. That's That's who that was, I think. When Vince said that earlier in the last oh, episode, oh shit! You know, I forgot to mention that. Yeah, because I don't. Jeff Jarrett didn't really win any titles in WCW. No, or, or did he? I don't. Yeah, uh, maybe the U.S. U.S. Yeah. champion, but I thought he said a. a uh, well, uh, maybe okay. Maybe you're right. Yeah, you're right. could yeah. be. I mean, yeah, it could be both. But yeah, uh, yeah. Anyhow. Um, Vince says, on behalf of the WWF, they apologize for the actions. Farouk says, you can apologize for 400 years of slavery and washing your cars and doing this and that. I was like, oh, my God, no. Are we a new breed of nation around here? Vince says that there is no racism here, and that's the bottom line. Whoa, Vince, that that's, that's awesome. Yeah, that's his gimmick, man. Yeah. Vince says, let's change the subject, typical white man. Rocky, how about you? (laughs) The crowd is booing. Let's talk about something else. Can we talk about something else? The crowd is booing, and uh, they're booing so hard here, and we're chanting Rocky sucks, and it's more heat for Rocky, too. 
Uh, Rocky calls out the Hart Foundation, and they cross the line, and they should have never crossed that line. And now it is a black and white thing. Wow. And he says he's dealt with racism and discrimination all his life. So the Hart Foundation, he's going to show you what it's like to deal with that all your life. Farouk says, it started with a boat ride here, and it ends with a black fist. Wow. And he fumbles a little bit as he challenges the Hart Foundation next week. Okay, sweet. Bret Hart, and he says, first of all, brothers. Brother, brothers. 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 We accept to any match you want. He comes from a country where there are no racist, racist, racial prejudice. We love people for what they are inside. Right, 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 right. USA is riddled with racial prejudice. Canada does have their stuff too, so don't be too proud. Yeah, yeah. A lot less than here, obviously, yeah. Farouk can't see that it's uh hbk and his boy toy triple h causing the issue and dx are on the screen and hbk says how dare you say that we were involved and you know the grand wizard uh the rest of your kkk buddies the Hart foundation whoa whoa and bret hart is in denial and he's always concerned about his image and triple h adds you know before the plinket pink and black it was the white hoods and the white sheets and while they were changing their paint cans while defiling the nation's locker room i heard them use the (laughs) n-word wow oh my god this is this is pure russo yeah this is all russo yeah uh, and then we get a rumble at the top of the ramp with the nation of domination attacking the Hart foundation and Bret Hart is hurt. He hurts his ankle. How convenient when he faces Ken Shamrock. Ken Shamrock. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Known to, known to break an ankle or two. Yeah. Uh, side story. My friend hurt his ankle. And so I made a meme before, like, this <laughs> is like 2010 or 11. Yeah. And, and I made a little caption. I, I guess not really a, the meme frame before I just put, you know, font yeah. over a picture, but yeah, uh, it's a picture of Kurt angle. And it says, I heard you got a Kurt ankle. Nice. Yeah. So that's been our thing. And it's like, did they pick that name because his, like his hold, because he's Kurt angle, he has to have the ankle lock. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it certainly works. Uh, tonight, Bret Hart against Ken Shamrock for the WWF title. We've been talking about that. Owen Hart versus Ahmed for the Intercontinental Championship. Ooh, Owen Hart, a very defending Intercontinental yeah. Champion. Fighting champion. Yeah. And notwithstanding, it'll be Gold Dust versus Hunter Hearst Helmsley. Okay, thanks. Raw continues next as Gold Dust makes his entrance. Back and Rick Rude is in the ring, and he does his normal intro for dissing the town. And he says, it's the cornerstone of D-Generation X, the future of WWF, Hunter Hearst Helmsley. The future of WWF. Wow. Yeah. Good call. Definitely. Good call. Saw something going that not everybody else did. Yeah. Hunter Hearst Helmsley out with China and HBK with a little suit and thing and whatever yeah (laughs) exclusive next monday night marlena talks about her 30 days with the late brian pillman okay so we're not gonna move on completely from it no 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 
Might have been a, a better call. Yeah, J.E. Cornette just brought up the Phil Mushnick thing about him calling up about it. But, yeah, bringing it up again. Yeah. HBK comes on commentary, typical. Uh, the match starts out hot with Goldust taking charge on Triple H. And Vince goes to ask HBK if he thinks the title will change. And HBK just cuts it off. At Survivor Series? Yes, it will. Yep. No, he's talking about tonight with yeah. uh, Brett and uh, yeah. Ken. <laughs> Yeah, Triple H takes the lead in the match and delivers his patented knee. Then we get a patented uppercut from Goldust to Triple H, a clothesline, and HBK says, look at the ability with 200 punch and slaps. Wow. Burying him. Yeah. Not everyone is gifted as you, Mr. Michaels, says Vince. Yee. Marlena hits uh, Triple H, and then she's not, like, no DQ. She's just slapping him. And China is in the ring and hits Goldust with the purse that has the brick. And Triple H back, and he does the X suck it. So crossing the arms, he's yep. innovating that. Gives a pedigree to Goldust. One, two, three. Wow, HBK says, I got news for you. That's a win for Triple H, DX. That's a big loss for the WWF. And from all of us and you, you can suck it. And it gets bleeped again. Wow. Yeah. It's, uh, and they're, they're sort of testing the waters every week of what they can and can't get away with. So it's interesting, you know, some weeks stuff like this will get beeped and, you know, they're pushing the limits yeah speaking of pushing the limits let's go to this uh bit with jim Cornette again came in took it away and nailed it and look at this well this is the class act here huh there ain't no role models talk about a class act by the way last night's low impact aerobic cage match the subject matter involved allegedly some icons let's go to jim Cornette. I'm Jim Cornette, and I just wonder if any of you are sick and tired as I am of people who claim to be the icon of wrestling. Hulk Hogan and Roddy Piper claim to be the icon. Shawn Michaels is the icon that can still go. Bret Hart would claim to be the icon if he wasn't too busy crying about being screwed by the WWF. And I guess Randy Savage is still thinking, thinking. Well, Shawn Michaels is still the single most talented athlete in wrestling today inside the ring. But outside, he's an adolescent obnoxious jerk who takes his tights and goes home if he doesn't get his way. Bret Hart is one of the greatest wrestlers of all time, but if he'd have been screwed as many times as he claims, he'd have struck oil by now. And Randy Savage is a legend, but let's face it, how many records did Frank Sinatra sell last year? But the pinnacle of this icon garbage came at last night's cage match between Hulk Hogan and Roddy Piper to determine in their minds only who the real icon is. WCW had the gall to say this is the greatest cage match in history when it was only the greatest in three weeks since hell in the cell but here you've got a 46 year old bald movie star wannabe who looks like uncle creepy with a good bill taking on a guy with an artificial hip that hadn't wrestled a full schedule in 10 years it's a tribute to the massive egotism in my mind of both men an indictment of wcw's promotional policies that this match even took place mm. much less being the main event when the card was probably the best that wcw is capable of having Get by the up. 10 minute mark they were sucking wind so bad the first three rows <laughs> passed out of oxygen deprivation would have been funny if it wasn't so sad well i'm sick and damn tired of hearing guys claim to be the icon 
icon, especially when he usually comes from guys who just didn't know when to quit. Roddy Piper was my idol when I was a teenager, but that was 20 years ago. Hulk Hogan during his best years was 50% media creation, and those are long gone. This match was a slap in the face to every wrestler that takes pride in his profession. And in my mind, no one man is bigger than this sport. But if there is an icon, it would be a man who has great ability inside the ring and professionalism and maturity outside of it. Let's leave all the petty backstabbing I make more money than you BS with the hat check girl and concentrate on talent and attitude. The Undertaker, Ric Flair, and Steve Austin have never claimed to be icons, which means they're big candidates to be just that. And on a personal nice. note to Hulk Hogan, you are a household word, but so is garbage, and it stinks when it gets old, too. I'm Jim Cornette, and that's my opinion. And just interesting how he mentions uh, Brett getting screwed as well. Uh, just wonder if he was uh, aware of anything going on at all, but uh, yeah, interesting. Corny's Corner. Dropping bombs. Yeah. Even in 97. Wow, big stuff there. Definitely. Thanks again, man. That's a... I mean, uh, for now, like from here and now, it's just like, whoa. Whoa. Yeah. Um, Back from the break, and we get the gang rules ad. One week from this Sunday, which always confused me as a child. I was like, just say like two weeks. Yeah. One week. It makes it it makes it sound sooner. Yeah, I gotta get through two weeks of school, and you're making me feel like it's gonna be this weekend. Then bullshit. Then we get some Oklahoma legends honored here tonight. Jr. out, and he honors Bill Watts, and then they talk about Sonny being in the ring and uh, saying that Bill Watts almost blew his load. (laughs) Then the the brothers Briscoe. Uh, it's Jack and Gerald. Nice. And then the classic, the all-time amazing wrestler, Danny Hodge. Dude. I've never seen a match. Yeah. I'll yeah. be honest. I mean, you got to go You got to go way back to get into the Danny Hodge stuff. Yeah. Uh, I want to say 50s. It might be earlier. It might be a little later. But, yeah, you know, not not something uh, that most, most wrestling fans have gotten into. I'm surprised we didn't see Dr. Death Steve Williams, but he wouldn't. He hasn't shown up yet so yeah it's it's interesting though um like wcw started honoring um legends of old in like the early 90s or mid 90s yeah yeah. you know doing the hall of fame stuff Mm -hmm. and now wwf has done it and done more public acknowledgement to it too um Meanwhile, on WCW TV, they're forgetting tradition with the NWO and all yeah. the storylines, yeah, breaking kayfabe and all this stuff. Yeah. It's interesting how WWF is like scooping up the pieces. They're like, all right, they're still gonna... trying to honor the history, you know, while at the same time, you know, going full speed ahead with mm-hmm. uh, with the attitude. Yeah, interesting stuff. Um, out next is Owen Hart, and then Ahmed Johnson. Wow, not the best match. Yeah, it's it's hard. It's it's never never the best match with Ahmed. No, Owen Owen tries his best. Yeah, yeah. But Ahmed hits a spine buster, and then Stone Cold Steve Austin comes out and hits a stunner on Ahmed. Wow! And yeah. then goes through the crowd, and the Nation of Domination are held back by officials at the top of the ramp. Still to come tonight: Bret Hart versus Ken Shamrock for the title. All right. Yeah. 
It's interesting decision, by the way, to make this a title match because I don't think anybody in the world anticipated uh, Ken Shamrock winning the belt and changing the main event. No. Part of me was scared because something felt uh, like Bret Hart wasn't respected and he kept getting screwed because they kept bringing up the screwed stuff. Yeah. Notice how they kept bringing up the screwed stuff. Oh, yeah. This is... uh, Yeah. Setting the table. Yeah. And then we're going to have JR. He had a sit down with... J E double F J A double R E double T. Yes. And now the 1997 Karate Fighters Holiday Tournament continues as Jeremy, Jeremy, as Jerry beats Brian Christopher. Yeah. Father versus son. <clears throat> mm hmm. And we're back and we get a recap of Stone Cold Steve Austin re- interrupting that match from earlier. And Mankind comes down. And Vince recaps Dude Love getting attacked by Kane last week. JR in the ring with him. And Mankind recaps his history with Paul Bear and The Undertaker. He goes down this long road with them. And he tells Uncle Paul he's going to take it out on Kane. Nice. Yeah. Uh, Sergeant Slaughter comes out. And Sergeant Slaughter says, due to your condition, he can't sanction the match. And Mankind says, what if I said please? <laughs> Your request is denied. Uh, Mankind says, in order to do something bad to Kane, he has to do something bad to you. And puts a mandible claw on Sergeant Slaughter and the refs come out and separate him. Wow. Yeah. Mankind sits in, in the corner and he's officially back. Yeah. Yeah. We're back to <clears throat> back to old school Mankind, just crazy as hell. Um, and uh, crowd crowd's feeling this. I, yeah, there's a nice little reaction there. And he's sort of like, uh, you know. The, these attacks on authority figures are, are, yeah. It's norm now. Yeah, 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 definitely. The guy's going to get a pop if he does it. Yeah. So I guess Mankind has officially turned face here, and he's going to take on Kane. Yeah. Bad Kane. Uh, maybe. We'll see. Nonetheless, the matchup next is sanctioned for the WWF title. New Jack's commercial comes up. It's Stone Cold Steve Austin, and he's... There um, with um, with his figure, and he takes on Vince in the ring. Nice. And it's the, the king of the iron rung. It's Bret Hart, Ahmed Johnson, Stone Cold Steve Austin, and a referee and a ladder. Wow. Yeah. I think I got this package, but I, only at Target. Yeah, I definitely didn't get that one. Yeah. Well, you said new, the new Jack's commercial. I thought it was new Jack. Uh, oh, yeah. Sell, selling laser tag. <laughs> with yeah, like that his theme. Like, yeah, like oh, he sweet. was like the the laser tag person this week, just jumping off of a balcony, <laughs> not even using the laser tag gun. Yeah. <laughs> oh man! And then we get our war zone intro, and then we get a nice little package with Ken Shamrock. We're hyping him. And then we get a package of Bret Hart. And they've been doing this like hour two package, not the first hour of. Of mm-hmm. Raw, like Raw comes in live now. Right. And then the second hour, they do a little package. Yeah. That's nice. I like it. Uh, the War Zone is ready to erupt. Bret Hart versus Shawn Michaels. Uh, oh, sorry. I jumped the gun. Bret Hart versus <laughs> Ken Shamrock. WWF title on the line next. And then we get the official intro music for the War Zone. A shit ton of fireworks, too. Um, Ken Shamrock out. And the fans... Like, we're elated for fireworks. You know, like, uh, I don't know. Yeah. I think that's one thing that's missing now. 
Yeah, I don't know. I've never been a fan. I'm I'm very jumpy, so I never like the pyro live. Okay, uh, and plus one, you don't want to get hit with it like some fans have. Yeah, yeah, there, that that has happened. One time I was at a uh, an episode of Raw and the pyro uh, somebody's pyro went off. I think it might have been it was Kane's because Kane's is always very sudden, and uh, it happened and I jumped. Uh, to which there was a uh, uh, like an eight year old kid uh, with his family sitting next to me who openly laughed in my face oh. upon me jumping at the pyro. So that was not a fun night. Well, I mean, it was a fun night, but that wasn't a fun moment of that night. Fuck that kid. But yeah, like I'm like very like I'm a jumpy type of person, so I didn't like the pyro, so I don't necessarily miss it. Uh, some people feel like it takes a little something away from the presentation, and I think it. It can, you know, with certain certain guys. I don't think you need the. Yeah, yeah. Like maybe like a. Yeah, like every some, now and then, like you know? something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm surprised, like Kane. You know, Kane's really missing that. Yeah, yeah. You think they would now. at least let him have it right. you know, for this last big, hopefully his last big run. We'll see. Somebody, a friend of mine, texted me uh, and he was like, "Is this Kane's last last hurrah?" And I was like. I think so, but I've also thought that for his last five or six hurrahs. True. I mean, you got to think about it. It's, it's Survivor Series coming up. The anniversary is always Undertaker involved, and Kane is always intertwined in the storyline of Undertaker to this day, 20 years. We've been covering it. Very true. Uh, it's crazy. Um, what could happen? Maybe Kane and Undertaker one last time. Yeah. <sighs> we'll see. Stay tuned. Ken Shamrock comes out and Bret Hart out and they recap the nation of domination attacking the Hart Foundation and Bret Hart hurting his ankle earlier. Playing into this match. Definitely. Definitely. Uh, JR says Bret Hart blinded by his confidence and Vince says uh, more like blinded by his ego, I'd say. Wow. Vince. Vince is like every every opportunity he has to, to trash Bret. He mm-hmm. takes it. The match starts and Ken and Bret Hart wrestle. And Bret Hart lets Ken out wrestle him. This is nice. Tomorrow, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, we're going to get a Survivor Series flashback. What? No cage match or bad movie from the Hawkster, but you will see Hulk Hogan against The Undertaker from Survivor Series. And many more tomorrow at 8 p.m. Wow. Nice that they picked the Hogan match that he lost. Yes, of course. exactly. Nice little touch there. Never has there ever been a more personal or professional rivalry than HBK and Bret Hart. Very true. Yeah. And Bret Hart will be on Mad TV this Friday. Wow. And Saturday, a look back at behind the scenes of Bret Hart on Mad TV. And Bret and Vince follows it up with saying, how appropriate, Bret Hart on Mad TV. <laughs> wow, dude, that like, that like speaks echoes to everything. Bret Hart on Mad TV. Yeah. Like, yeah. this is his storied career. And this a look is, back, you know, yeah. the emphasis on the look back. Um, it, it, it's crazy. Um, wow. Um, yeah, Bret Hart working the leg after clipping it on Ken Shamrock. And then we get a nice DDT to Ken Shamrock. One, two, no. Then we get a spinning toe hold from Bret Hart. Nice little classic move. Yeah, a little funk. Throw a little funk in there. Yeah. Um, then we get a commercial break and welcome back to Warzone. 
and the World Wrestling Federation Championship. Wrestling. Wrestling. Yeah. Bret Hart eats the pole before he can apply the figure four ring post spot to Ken Shamrock. Ken Shamrock, you know, kicks the legs back and uh, Bret Hart just eats the pole. Ken swings Bret Hart into the steps and he hammers on Bret Hart and the refs push Ken Shamrock back and Bret Hart throws a chair into the ring. Not like Bret Hart. Yeah. Then Ken Shamrock steps on it before Bret Hart can get it up. Ken. <laughs> that came out wrong. That came out wrong. As I was saying it, I was like, hmm. Ken Shamrock steps on the chair before Brett can get the chair up. Ken Shamrock gives Bret Hart a punch, and Bret Hart um, gives him a punch. And he shoots Bret Hart into the ropes and gives him a Hurricane Rana and goes, ah! Hammers on Bret Hart some more. Bret Hart rakes the face. He goes for a Russian leg sweep, but it's reversed into a suplex from Ken Shamrock. Nice move. Mm, Very, very nice. One, two, Ken Shamrock. Woo! Then he gets a clothesline from Bret Hart. Um... Then Bret Hart starts to put on the sharpshooter, and Ken Shamrock applies the ankle lock, and they 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 knock the referee over in this tumble. Um, and Bret Hart is tapping out. Wow, wow, Bret Hart's tapping out. Um, Bret Hart hammers Ken Shamrock with a chair and puts Ken Shamrock in the sharpshooter, and Shawn Michaels comes down with a blazer, with no shirt. Remember earlier he had the shirt and the blazer? Yeah, lost uh, the shirt somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he just blasts um, Bret Hart in the face. Um, then gets a suplex from Ken Shamrock as he's punching Bret Hart. And the officials and refs come down. Ken Shamrock has snapped. Wow. DX and the Hart Foundation down to help their respective leaders. And certainly sets up Survivor Series, says JR. Yep. And HBK and the Hart go and Bret Hart go at it again, and they get separated, and then again they go at it, and then China pushes down Pat Patterson. Oh, poor Pat! He he takes this like a champ. Yeah, and then Bret Hart and HBK are back at it again, and they get separated one more time. Can you imagine the emotion we're gonna feel at Survivor Series in Montreal? Wow! Yeah, yeah. but a uh, good good little match there with uh. Uh, Shamrock and Hart. Uh, you can tell that uh, Brett. I mean, Brett always did his best to make his opponents look like a million bucks, and he always did. But it, you could see, like, and a couple things that you mentioned, uh, you know, letting him out wrestle, uh, uh, letting Shamrock out wrestle him, as well as uh, that spot where he taps. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe a little bit of extra rub from Brett. Um, Shamrock being a guy who did s- some of his training in the, in the heart dungeon, I believe. Definitely, definitely. Um, you, you think maybe with, uh, you know, Brett seeing what's on the horizon with him leaving, you know, wanting, you know, Shamrock to potentially be a guy who could not take his place, but be one of the top baby faces and top technical workers. Yeah. He, he's going to be one of those guys that is set in that position, but, once again, Shawn Michaels kind of buries the fucking guy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we'll another see. Another guy that. that could be in a position that Shawn puts down. Yeah. So it's interesting. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll catch up with all that on the back end of everything. 
Yep. Um, so still to come, it's Kane. Ooh, remember, he's coming. He's, he's coming. coming. Kane is coming. Yeah, plus JR got to speak with Jeff Jarrett. Sweet. I'm oh. sorry about your damn luck, JR. <laughs> uh, back in moments ago, the collision with HBK and Bret Hart. Wow. Bret Hart's backstage. He says he's back to last year, crying and whining about HBK again. And this Survivor Series in his home country, in front of his people, HBK will be excellently executed. Yes. Yes. And I was so up for it. Back in the Blackjacks are already in the ring and Road Dog and Billy Gunn interrupt. And they say they want... One more rung up the ladder of success. And last week, the recap of the headbangers getting the boombox spot. Yeah. They replayed that like four times. They were proud of it. <laughs> it's a big explosion. Big explosion. Road Dog and Billy Gunn in the ring with the Blackjacks, Bradshaw, and Wyndham. Yeah. Like last little WWF run of Wyndham. Huh? Yeah. Tough, tough road for him in the '90s. Uh, you know, once you get past, and you know, once you get into the mid to late '90s, it's not it's crazy, man. Not pretty. Crazy the career that guy. Like, I mean, the resurgence in WCW later with the rap is crap. Is yeah, decent, but it's nowhere where he was. Like late '80s, early '90s, mm-hmm. man. Those yeah. are some great matches. Definitely. I and always love that era of WCW. It was it was a lot of fun. I mean, those matches with Flair especially are, you know, great, great stuff. Yep. Um, and we get this match going on, and Vince says, Mr. Morella is in the hospital, and our thoughts and prayers grow out to the Morella family. That's Gorilla Monsoon. Yeah, weird that he didn't call him by... Gorilla Monsoon, because just to let everybody know, you know, who, like, you know, to those, the fans who would be uninitiated to knowing his actual name. Very serious. Very yeah. serious. Yeah. Um, Billy Gunn gets a chair and hits Bradshaw on the back while he's running against the ropes, and run do- Road Dog just pins one, two, three, and then the Godwins run down for Big Schmaz, and Vince yeah. says something about them teaming at Survivor Series. And then the headbangers come out for a save, and it'll be the headbangers and the blackjacks against the road dogs and the God, road dog and Billy Gunn and the Godwins. Interesting. It's weird, yeah. weird group there. A couple weird pairings. Yeah, and Paired. tonight. Yeah, it, it's going to be a weird pairing. So. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Headbangers and the blackjacks. Doesn't mix, does it? No, you don't seem like they would be the type that you know would hang out together and have a have a beer. I can see the the kind of country connection between the Godwins and Road Dog, uh, Billy Gunn. You know, yeah, but, uh, yeah. Tonight, Kane. Ooh, back, and we have Jr. With Vince recapping Mankind and Kane, they will be in the ring. Survivor Series, November 9th, Ooh. 1997. Yes. Sweet. Then the lights out, or Kane out, I'm sorry. Paul, Bearer, and Kane, they come out. They call out The Undertaker, and they say that at Survivor Series, they will take out Mankind, and The Undertaker will meet his demise, ultimately. Wow. The LOD against the Los Bariquas, and then 
DX are going to make a startling comment later. Wow. Interesting. We'll see. Back from commercial and DX are backstage and Rick Root says HBK wants to speak to Bret Hart man to man. And HBK gets up and just pulls his pants down to moon the camera. <laughs> and they block it with the sign that says the X over yeah. it. And he starts jumping to show his ass. <laughs> Classic. Clearly. Uh, clearly juvenile stuff gets me laughing, but yeah. Sophomoric. Yeah, sophomoric actions. <laughs> uh, a, a most dis. A most disrespectful diatribe, <laughs> as I've heard him say before. Yes. Flash Funk is already in the ring waiting for Mark Marrow, and Sable comes out live next week on Raw from Hershey, Pennsylvania. Ooh, Just sweet. Promoted Sable on her yeah. own. Yeah. yeah. Marrow does a Samoan drop during this match with Flash Funk. Mark Merrow gets crotched on the top rope, and then he kicks Flash Funk off defending himself, and then does a springboard moonsault that's like twisting off the top rope. Uh, one, two, no, and then punches, and then off the top rope, um, get a trouble in paradise. Flash Funk, nice. One, nice. two, no. Flash Funk with a huge moonsault. Yo! From Vince. <laughs> Mark Merrow does another low blow. He punches the person in the crotch while the referee's back is turned. We get a TKO. One, two, three. Mark Merrow over. Wow. And then let's go to this epic audio with Jeff Jarrett. Yeah, I've been waiting all night for this. <laughs> Spending this episode working harder on the go, but the... Hands on the clock, keep ticking too slow. Jesus Christ, he is so full of himself. I think you should go to hour one, one hour and seventeen minutes, uh, and just watch this on episode yeah. two thirty one raw. Yeah, uh, it it's just hilarious. Jeff Jarrett, full of confidence, full of himself. Yeah, he's young, and the world is still ahead of him. World's greatest stepdad. <laughs> just ask Kurt Angle's kids. Yeah. Holy shit, I didn't put that together. <laughs> he became a stepdad. Yeah. Wow. He's wrestling stepdad for sure, if not America's stepdad. America. <laughs> Jerica. A, a Jerica. I don't know. This is you. <laughs> it was bad. All right. We're yeah, going to strike a Jerica from the record. <laughs> A lot of people, after uh, after uh, my interview on Raw, said that I was cocky. I think there's a fine line between confidence and cocky, and I'm right on the line of confidence. The worldwide audience, the fame, the hit single, the flashy ring attire, the intercontinental title. Jeff, you, you seem to have it all. So why did you leave the WWF, the company that seemingly made you a superstar? Well, when I first came to the WWF, I had prepared my whole life for it. WWF was the big time. World Wrestling Federation, Titan Sports. Jeff Jarrett had arrived. And when I got here, all of a sudden Vince uh, 
just had a vision. He had a vision who he wanted Jeff Jarrett to be. Who are you? <laughs> who am I? I'm Double J. That's J-E, double F. <laughs> J-A, double R-E, double T. That's Double J, Jeff Jarrett. The world's greatest singer, the world's greatest entertainer, and certainly the world's greatest wrestler. Ain't I great? I made Jeff I succeeded in spite of Vince. But he definitely put limitations on me. He uh, um, uh, he tried to make me the character Double J. And me and Vince had a conversation two years ago before I left, and I said, Vince, Jeff Jarrett is the only person in the world that can be Double J, because that's your vision. But he just let me be Jeff Jarrett. But Jeff, that didn't happen. After losing the Intercontinental title to Shawn Michaels, you were frustrated and, and unhappy. You packed your bags and you walked out on Vince McMahon and the WWF. It was one of the greatest nights in Jeff Jarrett's history because that is the night that I said, Vince McMahon, you will no longer run my life. <laughs> well, with the country music character Double J and the WWF now behind you, Jeff, you signed a contract with WCW. But once there, you came to a very shocking realization. Vince gave me an opportunity to be Double J. WCW gave Jeff Jarrett no opportunity. And I more or less had my spot going in the door and when I left it was the same spot no ladder of opportunity why was it that way uh, you're not one of Eric Bischoff's boys you don't have strong enough stroke uh, you, you're, not, you're not in his clique so you don't have the ladder of opportunity you don't get the spotlight a lot of people say oh WCW is, is uh, built on has-beens and name recognition guys those guys, their track record speaks in themselves. They've been very successful in what they do. Put me and Shawn Michaels in the ring, and I'll put that match against any in, any match in the world. Shawn Japan, WCW, anywhere. Your true in-ring ability does not count in WCW. What are the main differences in the two organizations? You go to a WWF uh, arena show. I hadn't been to one in, in two years, but I know the last time I was at one, there was action from bell to bell every match for two and a half hours nonstop. WCW, um, you don't really have that at their arena shows. You don't have excitement uh, from bell to bell. They're, they have their moments. I mean, it's no secret. Their top six to eight wrestlers are all over their 40s. I think we have... At WWF now, uh, maybe one. There's only a few Nolan Ryans in baseball that can pitch in their 40s. Uh, there's hardly any basketball players. Well, I think wrestling, my dad's always said, my grandfather, any old-timer has always said, wrestling's a young man's game. Next week, Jeff Jarrett speaks candidly on a number of topics, from Shawn Michaels to Hulk Hogan, from his immediate future plans to why he feels the WWF offered him a contract to return. Been around... 12 years in the ring, night in, night out. Never taken a steroid in my life. No skeletons in the closet. Had the star potential and star quality that I have. Looks like I do in and out of the ring. So for the WWF to get me at the price they're paying me, I think it's a bargain. When we return, ladies and gentlemen, the action continues. All right, still to come, the LOD versus Los Pericos. Really? We have enough time for that? Back from break, and it's Road Dog and Billy Gunn ringside, and I guess this is the fucking main event. What? 
It's Los Bariquas out. And we're going to cover this season two. You know that, right? Of course. Bariquas forever. Uh, rightfully in the main event. And there's always time on the card for Los Bariquas. Very true. LOD come out. And what a juxtaposition in reaction. Yeah. <laughs> Just like, oh, these guys. Okay, cool. And then LOD is like, fuck. Yeah. Still in Oklahoma, so it's just like, fuck. Road Dog and Billy Gunn take the LOD's shoulder pads at the beginning. Hmm. Total disrespect. Yeah, Los Bariquas start to beat down Hawk during the match, and Billy Gunn and Road Dog mock the LOD by posing with the pads on shoulder pads. Yeah. Hmm. And Road Dog trips Miguel on accident when uh, he gets shot off the ropes in a reversal by Hawk. And Hawk just pins him one, two, three. Off oh, of the trip. Damn. Yeah. Road Dog and Billy Gunn just run off. And next week, the light heavyweight tournament. And tomorrow night, don't miss it. Eight, you're going to see Ultimate Warrior, Diesel vs. Bret Hart, Ric Flair, Undertaker. And then this epic send-off. Of Ahmed Johnson. <laughs> oh. Like, I couldn't take him seriously. I started cracking up. How, yeah, how, how can you? All right, and next week, ladies and gentlemen, Stone Cold, who stung Ahmed Johnson, will be with us as well. And standing by right now for a word, Ahmed, who almost became Intercontinental Champion, your efforts supported again. What about it? You've lost him. 316. What you did by putting your hands on me was entered the zone, my zone. See, my zone is kind of like an end zone. Once you're in there, you score. So you just scored on me. So now it's my turn to score on you. So Monday night, look out, because I'm coming to get you! Uh, but yeah, what do you think? We got one more show before Survivor Series. One more to go, and um, yeah, you know, little, you know, little bit of a stalling, a little bit of just you know trying to you know bringing in these these outside forces like the Nation and Shamrock uh, to get in between uh, the the Heart Foundation and DX. But you know, it's a lot, there's a lot of fun stuff going on. Some good matches, some ridiculous uh, promos. So it's you know all yeah. in all, it's it's a lot of fun. Yeah, it's it's really the the attitude era is is upon us. Yeah, this is it, man. They're we, giving less of a fuck every week. Yep, and we've been covering it week to week here. Yeah, and it's interesting enough that um, we're going to be coming up on our last episode. Yeah, and the epilogue and the follow up. Um, and and it's been an epic breakdown of how how everything has become the norm now. Like, yeah, uh, everything that we've covered the first ofs in the WWF yeah. at least they've stolen from ECW with uh high table spots mm-hmm. and then replaced it with the hell in a cell. I mean, different things there. And then the characters breaking kayfabe like stone cold yeah. originally Brian Pillman originally. Yep. Um, and certain things from WCW, but this is the first in WWF canon and uh, they are the leader now. Yeah. Yeah. They're the only one rewriting this history. Yeah. But we're telling you week by week how they did it. Yeah. There's... How they started breaking their ground. That's right. That's right. And we're, you know, bringing you the bigger picture of not just, uh, you know, just 
you know, stuff that they've borrowed and stuff, you know, the continuing to push the envelope every week. Um, and uh, like you said, stuff, they continue to do it. And what was shocking even, um, you know, months prior is becoming the norm, as you said. So it's a very interesting progression. Yeah. Um, and it's all here on Retromania. So the next episode, guys. Yes. Episode 12. It'll be Raw, 232, November 3rd, 1997. Then the Epic Survivor Series from Montreal, November 9th, 1997. Yes. Then Raw, 233, November 10th, 1997. We're all going to try to give it to you before the uh, Thanksgiving holiday comes upon us. That's but, right. Uh, we're going we're gonna to deliver it to you regardless. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. We uh, uh, Both episodes probably won't be out before thanksgiving but we'll i mean they might might be we'll see well we're gonna try we're gonna try thanksgiving is a big holiday for podcasting because everybody's with with their families and and traveling and so it's a lot of listening time a lot of like trying to get away from oh yeah yeah that's why we're queuing this one up for you before the yeah thanksgiving trip and then hopefully we'll have that survivor series one for you too definitely we'll see yeah um then we're going to follow it up with a special epilogue and then a follow-up episode, like I said, of some kayfabe commentaries and yep. um, possibly go over wrestling with shadows. Always one of my favorites. Yeah. yeah. So you want to read from Bret Hart's book before yes. we go to? I forgot all about a little, that. A little bedtime story from <sighs> Uncle Bret. Please, please, please. And I've marked your position there in the book. Yes. There we are. Cool. You're at the peach line. A couple days later, I was in L.A. to do an appearance on Mad TV and was able to arrange a meeting with Eric Bischoff, who also happened to be in town. He was still interested in me, he said, but he couldn't negotiate until I had clearance to do so from WWF. Eric told me that there was that were there were all kinds of ongoing legal battles between WWF and WCW going back as far as when Alundra Blaze, the champion of the short-lived women's division of the WWF, showed up on Nitro and dropped the WWF belt in a garbage can. Since Vince's logo was on the belt, Vince had WCW by the balls for trademark infringement. The latest court battle had Vince charging Eric with tor- torturous interference over the overhaul in Nash's deal, saying Eric had encouraged them to breach their contract to come with him. I didn't tell Eric and Vince that Vince had said he wanted to help me make this hap- make this deal, but I did tell him that Vince said I could leave anytime, any way I wanted, even as champion. Eric made it clear that it didn't matter to him at all, at all whether or not I was still a champion, advising me to simply leave on good terms. I retained the title in a triple threat match in San Jose on October 12th with Stone Cold Hunter and my boy Shamrock. My boy. That's cool. (laughs) Uh, Sean uh, Sean was the guest referee. After the match with Jim Neidhart and Ken beside me in the dressing room, I made a short speech to Sean, knowing that it was official that we would face each other in a title match at Survivor Series 97 which was going to be in Montreal Montreal this time. I just want you to know that despite any differences we've had in the past year, I have no problem with working with you. 
You can trust me in every way to be a professional. What you need to know, Sean, is that you need, is that you're not in any danger. I added, I also want you to know that I have no problem dropping the bell to you if that's what Vince wants. He glared back at me. I appreciate that, but I want you to know that I'm not willing to do the same for you. And then left. Jim snorted. What did he snort? <laughs> Jim snorted. I can't believe he just said that to you. There was no way I could ever drop the bell to him now. He just showed complete disrespect not only to me, but to the position of champion, which was an affront to old to old school traditions and a betrayal of each and every wrestler who had ever looked to me as a leader in the dressing room or who, or who had been a leader himself. What kind of arrogant little prick would say, say that to champion offering to put him over since my deal with Vince was that I had creative control of my character for the last 30 days in WWF. It was up to me whom I lost the championship to. I figured I'd drop the belt stone cold instead. Bischoff's offer to Bischoff's offer from the, from the WCW came through 1.8 million a year for three years. I told Eric if I, if I, if he couldn't get me 2.8, forget about it. He said he'd have an answer for me by the middle of next week. If I, if it turned out that I would, if I had to leave WWF, I started to envision that one last interview, thanking all the fans, all of the wrestlers and Vince for everything they'd done for me. I still couldn't decide whether Vince was going to kill me off or if he would, if he was actually looking out for me as as he made it seem he was. Was it really so much to ask to be able to leave with my head up? Oklahoma City Raw on October 20th was more of the same. Sean pulled his pants down on camera while Hunter blocked the view with a cardboard DX sign. New York Post columnist Phil Mushnick was one was the one who first coined the phrase in an article that had actually that was actually critical of the drift of the WWF into sex, sleaze, and soap opera, and away from wrestling. Yep. Is that? Yeah. Okay. Sorry. I, no. Okay. no, no, no. Sorry. Sorry. Uh, then Sean and the click took took it. Then Sean and the click took took it proudly to their name, and DX came to life. And the WWF, as a rebel group of wrestlers out to defy the authority and take over the business, the original members were Sean Hunter, Kevin Nash, Razor Ramon, and the One Two Three Kid, and China. Even worse was the storyline where a gang of militant black at black badasses called the Nation of Domination had their dressing room trashed and sprayed with graffiti and Canadian flags. By the end of the show, I wasn't just portrayed as a homophobic, but not, but as a racist too. These antics contrasted poorly with Vince's idea of honoring the past w- NWA champions on this same show. I felt a little embarrassed when I shook hands with the hands of Lou Thez, Dory, and Terry Funk and Danny Hodge, who was a champion boxer and also an Olympic silver medalist in wrestling. The following day at a taped roll in Tulsa, I informed Vince that where I was where I was with WCW, stressing that the the window he'd given me to negotiate with them closed on November first. Mm. Well well whatever happens, we'll deal with it, he said. He told me that he was trying everything, even selling property to be able to afford to keep me. Then he said I wanted to talk to you about Survivor series. I want you to drop the belt to Sean, 
but you'll win it back for a sixth time at the December 7th pay-per-view in Springfield, that is. That is if you're still with me. If I end up staying, it doesn't make any sense that you'd want to beat me in Canada and then have me win the belt back in the States, I replied. I told him for word for I told him word for word how Sean had told me he wouldn't put me over. Vince's face got tense and red, and he asked me if I'd mind repeating everything I'd said in front of Sean. I'd be happy to. Later that night, Vince called us both on, into his office. When we sat down, he blurted out again, Sean, I'm putting the belt back on you. Sean began to cry, thanking me and telling me how much he respected me. I said, Sean, you told me four days ago in San Jose that you'd never put me over. Sean brushed away his tears, sniffling. Sometimes I say the stupidest things. I always put my foot in my own mouth. Mm. Such phony shit. (laughs) Uh, I had to get out of there. I don't know what's going to happen at Survivor Series, and I'm not agreeing to anything yet, I said. We'll see where we where we all we'll see where all of this is going. And Vince, you know what I'm talking about. I called Eric, leaving him numerous messages over the next three days. I never heard a peep. When I arrived in the Nassau Coliseum on October twenty fourth, Vince was there to greet me. He told me he could pay me after all, that my money had was no longer a problem. I told him I had, hadn't heard a thing from Bischoff and that if, if the money problem was solved, I'd likely stay. But I also told him that I, until I heard back, I'd have to keep my options open. Then I left on a four-day tour of the Middle East, thinking that Bischoff was just jerking me around and that I'd likely stay with Vince. At the airport in Muscat, Oman, kids of all ages enthusiastically greeted me, waving huge Canadian flags. I wonder where they'd got them, and then realized that they were ha- they were all hand sewn. There was a mosque right next to the ho- next to the hotel, and from the balcony of my room, I heard chants for pr- chants of prayer. I found myself praying to any god there was to help me make the right decision. At the final show in Bahrain, I retained the belt when Taker was disqualified. Despite being tombstoned, I was proudly clapped to my feet and presented with an Arab championship belt as a, and a huge bowl-like trophy. I was still a hero everywhere outside of America. Wow. Big stuff there. Very interesting. <clears throat> um, and you know, I didn't recall until I'm just now reading this again, because I haven't read this in years, that you know, Brett was, or Vince was still you know, angling to kind of maybe keep Brett going forward. Yeah. <sighs> And then saying that he's trying to put everything aside to make as much money as possible. Um, and they're on the downside right now. Yeah. What happens in December? Yeah, exactly. Who comes in with for a lot of money? Oh. A tyrannical Thoroth <laughs> guy. That's true. I didn't even think of that. You know? Like, they yeah. get this guy and this, uh, the Mike Tyson in there. Like... <laughs> They're putting so much money into the Attitude Era. It's a bunch of bullshit. Yeah. Um, I think it's a big way for him to save money, but Brett to get money at the same time. It's a win-win for both guys. And all along, in my opinion, I think Sean is let in the dark on this the whole time, left in the dark on this the whole time. And Bret Hart and Vince kind of make a deal to where Bret Hart can leave a legacy and leave with building this character for 
Shawn Michaels, even though he doesn't want to. So Shawn Michaels doesn't win clean. Yeah. In Survivor Series. And then yeah. we get uh, Vince McMahon, this evil heel figure. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it could be. You yeah. Know? It makes sense. It's interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah. A side note for everybody, if uh, if they want, um, which is real fun, which I started doing last night yeah. on the WWE Network, what they released is the greatest rivalries, Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels. Yeah. And this is under the collections, right? Yes, yeah. in the collections yeah. area. And they got some epic shit, man. It's all the stuff that we've covered, but yeah. before that... Uh, leading up to it, it's December 14th, 1989, the Rockers against the Hart Foundation. Classic tag yeah. team match. Four days before I was born. Wow, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> February 12th, 1990, the next year, Bret Hart versus Shawn Michaels in a singles match. October 30th, 1990, later that year, a tag match. It's two out of three falls, the epic match where um, the Hart uh, the Hart Foundation lose the tag team titles to the Rockers, but it's nulled because the ring rope breaks. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's a good match, though. Definitely. Uh, yeah, but they, you can tell Brett is so frustrated during it. Yeah, you can imagine. I mean, because it, it's, it's such a huge spotlight for them and for, you know, tag team wrestling in general. And then this freak accident happens with the ring. And so, yeah, it's it's but it's such a it's such a piece of. Uh, WWF history. It's it's cool to go back and watch. Yeah, and then we get a uh, the next chapter, a- April twenty ninth, nineteen ninety two. Bret Hart versus Shawn Michaels. Bret Hart defending his Intercontinental Title. This is a yeah. good match. Yeah. Their first little singles pair off on TV that we get to see, and they were running the circuit on house shows at this time. Then later, June third of that year, nineteen ninety two, Rampage in Ottawa, and I remember seeing this on a Rampage. Uh, VHS yeah. collection. It's Bret Hart versus Shawn Michaels for the Intercontinental title again. Hell yeah. A uh, nice one here by the guys. And then we get the ladder match, July 21st, 1992. Bret Hart versus Shawn Michaels. Awesome. For the Intercontinental title. It's it's not the greatest uh, ladder match, but it is the first in yeah. the WWF. Yeah, so definitely, worth, definitely uh, go back and check that one out if you haven't seen it. Or if you have seen it, watch it again. But uh, yeah, it's so so much cool. Like I love when we get you know footage from old house shows and stuff. Yeah. Um, even if it's like you know tape for a Coliseum video or whatever, it's always cool to see those crowds and yeah. And what Some of these like. matches don't have commentary. Yeah. Which I love too. That's so cool. Yeah. 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 Um, it, it, you you know you can put your own little stuff to it, but yeah, I love it. Yeah. Um. The next chapter, November 14th, 1992, a heated promo between the two leading up to their collision at Survivor Series 1992, yes. which is a match you and I should go over bonus-wise. Yeah. Bonus yeah, I think we will. Yeah. Uh, November 25th, 1992, it's Bret Hart versus Shawn Michaels, title uh, Intercontinental Champion versus WWF Champion. Yep. Yeah. And then November 24th, 1993, the Survivor Series match where Shawn Michaels replaced Jerry the King Lawler last minute, and it's Shawn Michaels and the Knights against the Hart Foundation and the family. Interesting uh, match, to say the least. Yeah, an interesting dynamic. A few few legends under the hood in that match. I don't know if you knew about that. I think uh, Greg Valentine is one of them. 
forget what the rest were. Terry Funk was supposed to be one. Yeah. Barry Horowitz was one. Yeah. Uh, I forget the second one. Stink Steve Kern, possibly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Barry Horowitz. I mean. Yeah. The legend among legends. Um, <laughs> then this one, I still haven't watched this one. I'm saving it for later. December first, nineteen ninety three. A cage match. This is what I'm excited for. Between Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart? I haven't seen this shit either. Wow. Yeah. Crazy. And then from there, they do a lead-up of 96, the the build-up for WrestleMania 12 and their collision course before uh, WrestleMania 13, where they didn't end up... You know, colliding, but they did have some promos back and forth, and then they do all the promos that we've covered on this here podcast, yeah. Retromania, and then the final match, Survivor Series, and then a follow up. We get some info from Shawn Michaels, and then a follow up from their reuniting in uh, 2010. And we'll we'll follow all that up here on Retromania. Yep, yep. Absolutely. But uh, definitely worth it. Worth checking out. It's a nice little companion, especially if you are, uh, you know, just getting into the show or, you know, I mean, if, if you, for some reason are listening to this out of succession, if you go back and listen to the first episode and you know, you can kind of watch along yeah. uh, with some of the stuff we go over, but yeah, it's a, a nice, uh, nice collection. I love that the network does stuff like this. I'm a, I'm a big fan of that. Yeah. I'll share it on the Facebook page. Nice. So yeah. Can, yeah. Yeah. That's big of us to do that after they've ripped us off with the, I dawn, know. with the dawn of attitude. It's okay. We'll be the bigger people. We will. But we were the origin of it all. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Thanks. We'll see. Next episode, we're going to cover it all. It's the big Montreal. one, guys. Yeah. Ooh. Montreal. It's what we've been, uh, what we've been working towards. You can uh, catch up with us as always. Leave a post, anything you want. Yeah. Retromania Facebook and Retromania Podcast at gmail.com. You can write to us if you want. Yep. Any questions at all, we promise you, like, if we get any sort of, like, post or anything, anything you want us to touch on, we will absolutely bring it up on the show. Uh, yeah, unless it's, like, completely, like, unrelated to wrestling. Yeah. You just want to, like, promote your shoegaze band uh it's okay but <laughs> i like shoegaze so okay i'd yeah. be into it I'm all right we're it. all right next week kobe's shoegaze corner <laughs> hey um jimmy d are you gonna watch war games tonight uh yes i am i'm, I'm excited for the return of war games nice. yeah i'm gonna try i'm gonna try to stay up anyway i'm, I'm yeah. old his nxt shows run kind of long now yeah are you gonna to- watch survivor series yes awesome yeah. Sounds like a good weekend for us. This yeah. is the weekend of 2017. Uh, yeah. War Games, NXT, and, and Survivor Series. Yeah. It's looking like a good show this year. I'm, I can't tell you how excited I was when AJ won the belt. Yeah. No. Big change. Yeah. Big switch up there. Yeah. So, uh, and I think the hall is done. Yeah. The, the reign of uh, gender. Yeah. Gender unhindered. Um, he's hindered once again. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, I think if, if they give AJ and Brock like 10 minutes and just like make it not a total squash, like you can, they're going to put on some, some memorable Agreed. moments. Agreed. All right, we'll, we'll catch up next time. We'll, we'll see how we felt about all those events yeah, yeah. and more. 
And uh, we got Austin leading up for his match at Survivor Series with with uh, Owen Hart and uh, then Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels on the epic this epic uh, collision course. 18 months in the making. Yes, indeed. Yeah. All right. Thanks, everybody. All right. Thanks, guys. <laughs>